Hey guys, Rooster here. Uh, I'm going to level with you. It's the future. Uh, I got really busy and I was unable to get this episode uploaded. So it's not as timely as it could be. But on the upside, you're going to get a double dump up uh, podcast this week. So yay, right? So I hope you guys enjoy episode 15 and 16. And again, I'm really sorry about that delay. I'll try to be better in the future. Good evening, Commandos. Rooster here. And Squiggles. And you're listening to the most more phenomenal podcast in all of Angel Grove. That'd be Cough the Crow. Cough, Episode 15. Wow, I can't believe we made it this far. I don't know, man. Are we really that far at 15? I mean, did we ever think we were going to make it to five? Fair, fair. We're definitely like 30-ish hours in almost. Definitely. Close to it. I think if you put my solo episode in, uh, we've got a couple. We got a bunch for about two hours now. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely pushing. We're definitely pushing some time nowadays. Right. So it's been fun. It's been a good time, though. I've been really enjoying them. And still one of my favorite things to do every week. That's good. That's good. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> so we'll get to episode 30 one of these days. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully in 15 weeks. Hopefully. So what you been up to this week, Rooster? <clears throat> uh, not what? Not much. Uh, I've been watching Gargoyles on oh, really? Disney+. Plus. So I've been enjoying that a lot. Man, I got to get back to that one. I haven't watched that one yet. Yep. It was on my list. It's on my list to watch. I just, I want to sit down and be able to like, just bang that one out in a couple of days. So I remember how good it was. I mean, it's 78 episodes. So I don't think you're going to knock it out in a couple of days. Probably not, but I mean, good luck to that. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have shit to do. So I'm, uh, I'm on episode like four or five right now. I understand. That. Uh, I got through the reawakening arc and I got through the, uh, the first episode outside that opening like movie. And that's called the pack. And that's the dudes that are all named like animals and they're fucking mercenaries. Uh, no, I've been really enjoying it again. Uh, it's something I'm watching before bed every night. Just, you know, eh, you know what am I going to check out? I don't know. Uh, let's do Gargoyles. Sounds good. Uh, it's been really fun. I mean, it's a stellar voice cast. It's, uh, you know, it's darker and uh, not anime. It's a darker animated feature for like, you know, Disney. It's not right. something that uh, it fits it, it in was, with the time. And but Disney it, was definitely trying to cut their teeth with that one on a, a darker storylines. But yeah, so like so far, like, you know, it's kind of got that. Uh, I mean, I don't even know, man. It's got that like. That, that Celtic fucking vibe to oh, it, yeah, man. You absolutely. know, it's like, I love it. I, I love haven't gotten it. any of the crazy shit. Like, uh, I know, I remember like Macbeth and Puck and all this, like, all these Shakespearean fucking villains really pop up. And we haven't really, uh, we haven't run into them yet. Yeah. That, um, I mean, we later, have run into yeah. Puck because uh, Owen is Puck. I know that much. I remember that much from my childhood. I mean, if I'm spoiling something for you guys, you know, that's 20 <laughs> fucking years ago. I was watching this show when I was like in kindergarten. This, this fucking came out a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, no, but it's been really fun watching it again. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. It's got some weird shit to it. Uh, it's got some weird kind of vibes to it, you know. It's definitely, you know, it's playing, like, uh, the lead uh, The lead human is, uh, you know, she's a Hispanic female. Right. So that's kind of fun. almost unheard of at that time. So that's kind of enjoyable, you know. It's like they really went, we're like, yeah, man, we're going to make sure, you know, it's different. We're not going to have just a bunch of white guys. The white guys are the bad guys. Right. Uh, Xanatos, you know, David Xanatos. <laughs> And it's it's been fun, man. I've really enjoyed watching it. I I, I can't say much about it because I'm only a couple episodes in, but I definitely I'm remembering why I enjoyed it so much. Like right. it's funny. Like it's like oh yeah, you know, watching this. Like what would happen if someone had you know slept for a thousand years and woke up in like the year 1998 or whatever year it was. Yeah. I don't even think it's 98, man. I think it's like 95, 95 or, 96 or 96 or something like yeah. that. And it's just the world is so much like thinking about it from like my childhood. I'm like, yeah, no, it'd be like news reports and shit. Like, you know, people be like, oh, like there are just like dark pictures of like these gargoyles flying around. I'm like, yeah, people don't have fucking camera phones and there's no Internet. Like, I don't have a computer in my pocket. Right. So there's no fucking way. Like, they didn't even think like, oh, maybe we'll. 
Sorry for the abrupt cut there, Commandos. There was uh, some technical difficulties at HQ, and for long story short, I'm no longer letting Squiggles touch the technology. Uh, that's probably a good idea. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so anyway, back to our regularly scheduled conversation about gargoyles. I, uh, no, I really like gargoyles. I do too. Um, yeah, they, they didn't have fucking cell phones. They didn't, like, computers were kind of a newer thing for everybody. Right. So it was, like, such a different fucking world for them. I mean, even even today, they, they talk about how, like, one cell phone has more more technology in it than the Apollo 11 space mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not going back that far. We're just going back to the 90s. But I'm t- I know, but it's I, just I the- mean, it's just, it's, it's insane how much technology we have now. And to think even... 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. In that aspect. Because that's the thing. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, this is 20 fucking years ago. Like well, the 25 first... at this point, I guess. Yeah. Eh, not quite that, but it's getting close. Close, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the first fucking camera phone appeared in uh, 2000. So, you know, it was like the J series or something like that. Right. So that was the first camera phone. So it's like, you know, that was, that was before this fucking series ended. So, yeah, there was no fucking, like, you know, there were no cell phones. There was no fucking internet for people to find shit out on. It was all the news. So it's kind of funny, you know, it's like, oh, we're gargoyles and we're living in the shadows. And, you know, it's only like there's rumors that we're existing. Right, I mean, I, there's also the fact that, like, some guy brought a giant fucking castle into fucking New York and right. put it on top of a fucking building. Like, as a kid, I was like, yeah, no, this makes perfect sense. That's what billionaires would do with their money. And as an adult, I'm like, that's fucking illogical. That's what billionaires want to do with their money, but it's fucking impossible. I don't know. That that seems like something certain millionaires would do, I guess. I don't know, maybe, but... It's just, it just seems like something someone wants to do really, really bad. Well, it's also like, oh, yes, the, the castle has to rise above the clouds. You know how fucking high clouds are? Yeah. Like, skyscrapers aren't above the fucking clouds for the most part, man. No. Like, you know, it's like, and then, like, the fucking building itself changes, like, the height changes all the time in the perspective when they're looking at it. And it's just, it's so, like, as a kid, I was like, I didn't fucking think any of this shit. And now I'm like, I'm watching this animated show about fucking gargoyles who were put in a fucking spell, and now they're fucking awake a thousand years later. And my first fucking thought is, man, they keep changing the height perspective on this on me. <laughs> like, that's the fucking problem. That's where I'm like, this is a little unbelievable, man. You can't put a, ca- a castle up there. That's pretty fucking impossible. Moving that shit bit brick by brick, you can't do that. There's no way it could support that kind of fucking stonework <laughs> up there. Like, that's the fucking logic I'm coming to. Right. But, uh, yeah, so fucking Gargoyles, man. I've been down with that shit. It's been fun. You know, they all got crazy names. Like, I'm Brooklyn after the streets. I've You know, the, the borough. I'm going to call myself Lexington. Well, that river's called Hudson. I'm going to go Hudson. <laughs> we'll call him Bronx, our little fucking Gargoyle dog, who's also <laughs> never really fucking, a, like, all the other Gargoyles are normal. Like, normal, quote, unquote. Then they got a little fucking Gargoyle dog. I'm like, this is just fucking literally weird. Literally just running around as a dog would. Yeah, it's just fucking gargoyle dog. It's like, that's fucking weird. All right, this time you didn't fucking do it. I'll give you that much, but it's okay. It's all good. Sorry, guys. We're having, uh, again, some more weird shit popped up, and uh, it's just an odd day for us here at Commandos HQ tonight, apparently. So what you been up to, man? Uh, I've been watching Dr. Stone. All right, uh, good anime. Good anime. I really enjoyed Dr. Stone. One of the best 2019. I, I actually, I binged the entire first season, or the entire season, uh, out so far that Jesus is Christ. dude yeah like I got into it man it was it was fantastic I wish I had gotten into it when you were first talking about it I, mean, I, I feel like I've only been telling like, you it's a good anime oh, for you know absolutely but July you know, when it came out well when it, I was trying to catch up on on my hero at one point and I was trying to catch up on a hundred other man things, you just so. started trying to catch up on my hero buddy <laughs> That, like, a couple of months ago, but I... I'm, I can track the episodes. It was like maybe a month and a half ago, max. Uh, I think it was two, but I was still, say, We're 15 way, in. I feel either, like 15 either episodes. Way, either way. <laughs> no, it, it's very, very good. You're absolutely right. It was a very good show. A lot of twists that are, are really cool. Um, 
the fact that Taiju isn't a main character, even though in like the first two episodes he's pretty much the main character, and is an interesting way to tell the story. Oh yeah, no, definitely. You think uh, it definitely comes off at first like Taiju might be the main character. Then you're like, oh, well, it's called Dr. Stone, and Sanku's on the fucking cover art, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be him. It is, but... Then uh, there, he kind of just also, fucks off at the end of, you know... I mean, the cover art is kind of kind of strange, too, because you, you look at you look at Sanku and you look at him and go, that's quite possibly the villain. Um, I didn't think that. Like, I mean, it's called Dr. Stone. It was a guy holding a flask, so I was just like, that's yeah, probably the fucking hero right there. I just kind of had a hunch. I don't know. And he doesn't come off as a villain. Like, Senku's kind of weird and kind of crazy. And, like, they make jokes that it comes off kind of evil at times. They got the vibe that Senku could be the villain of the series. Or even, like, he just comes off too kind-hearted. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. I mean, he's hanging out with a guy like Taiju, who's definitely not fucking, you know. Right, he's, you he's not yet. the meathead muscle that is going after people. He's, he's literally the guy <clears> going, you can hit me all you want. I'm not going to throw a punch. Yeah, like, honestly, from the very beginning, whenever he's like, you know, I'm 10 billion percent positive that she's going to say she likes him. You know, it's like, I'm like, I, you, you know that Senku's not going to be a bad guy. Right. Like, he's just a kind-hearted kind of character. Uh, nah, man, Dr. Stone, I really, I'm glad you fucking watched it all. Uh, they just announced that there's going to be a second series, uh, season. Woo-hoo. I think I announced it on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So we're going to definitely get some more stuff for the Stone Wars. We'll see Taiju come back. We'll see, uh, what is it, Yayuriza come yeah. back. Uh, so we'll and that some- was another thing. Like they, these characters were so important. And about what eight episodes in, they're they're just done. They're they're gone. Well, I think you got to think about the fact that, like, I mean, they're supposed to be spies. They're supposed to be, you know, in the Sukasa Empire, seeing what's happening. And then we had to see the Kingdom of Science really establish itself. Plus, we had to meet those characters. Right. Like Senku already, like one of the best one of the best plot devices you can ever do with anything is always take away everything the main character has. Like, he's just fucking man versus man. Okay. So, you know, it's like he started off and he had to be him versus the fucking wilderness, him versus everything else. Then he got help with Taiju and Tsukasa and everything, but then it's like, all right, I have to fucking, like, lead these people. He's got to convince them alone. He doesn't have fucking Taiju there to lead on, like, a crutch anymore. You know, it's like, I've got to convince, you know, Kohaku that, you know, I'm cool, and, you know, Kinro and Ginro, and, like, you know, like, we're cool. Like, I'm, I'm a good person. I, you know, I should be able to help you guys out and help the village out. And so it's like he has to do that on his own without his friends, and Which, so he's by, able to do that. By the way, can I mention that hearing Ginro and not being able to picture uh, Deku for the first couple episodes he's in was was very, like, it took me a minute to get past the fact that that was Deku's voice. Oh, yeah, man, it's Funimation. So, like, all Funimation does is they just recycle their actors for fucking oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's what you want to do as a voice actor, because that's how you make your fucking money. So really, if you're watching like if you're watching a lot of simulcast stuff, you're gonna see a lot of similar actors oh, pop sure. up. Really, the big difference is uh, they outsource, I think, some of the One Piece actors, so we don't hear their voices as much. Um, but it's all a lot of stuff comes out of. I think it's Chris Sabat, Chris Sabat. I'm not 100 percent on his pronounce on his name, but I think a lot of it comes out of like his studio because Funimation gets it and then they outsource it to the same art houses and the same uh, recording studios. Right. So we see a lot of similar actors and a lot of similar voice actors pop up in Funimation. And a lot of them are uh, Texas based. But, and, and a lot of them, a lot of it too, because voice actors are usually very good at, you know, doing different voices. It's just, it's for that particular character. Cause that is Deku's voice dead on. I, and I'm sure it's probably most the voice he uses most of the time. It just, it took me like two or two or three episodes of Jinru to, to actually get his voice. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. You definitely hear a lot of different voices. Sometimes uh, some voice actors use the same voice for fucking everything they yeah. do. 
and it's just how it's going to go. Uh, Chris Sabat's been using, you know, it's like uh, his uh, Zoro and One Piece is the same as his All Might. It's like yeah. all the same fucking voice in that aspect. I mean, his Vegeta is pretty close too. That, that's <laughs> very true. That is very true. So it all depends. I mean, some people just like it. I mean, you get Tara Strong who can do a, a different voice for anything. Right. You do four fucking different voices or you get Mark Hamill who's, you know, fucking talk to himself in plenty he's, of times. I was going to say he's got like 400 plus uh well, it's not just so, IMDb. Yeah, well, I mean, just because he's got 400 same. credits doesn't mean he's you know, got 400 different voices. That's what I mean. Like, uh, you know, but uh, Mark Hamill does have a lot of different voices. Tara yeah. Strong does a lot of different. Then other voice actors, like, their voice is either unique enough or they just, they're they're talented enough or really they just get the job done. Right. So, I mean, some of it's, some of it's, you know, who, you know, the right people in voice acting. And other times it's just, you know, you fucking, you're easy to work with. You get your fucking job done. You get all your reels in and, you know, problem solved. So a lot of times voice actors don't get to work together. Uh, they record from their own homes. A lot of voice actors, as they start to become more and more successful, they're able to record like they'll set up either, you know, an office, a broom closet, a studio, whatever. And they'll be able to record right out of their own homes to do all of this voice work. Uh, Tara Strong's a great example. Oh, yeah. She, you know, she doesn't fucking go. Like, I don't think she lives in L.A. or where the big productions are happening. She's able to fucking record everything out of her house and just and send her lines. Out. Yeah. So it's like she has to. So that's one of the more interesting things about voice acting, actually is a lot of times voice actors have to take this and like they're not getting like they're reading what they're getting but then they have to be like shit I've got to record these fucking lines and I don't always have that other line right like sometimes they'll get you know some of these cue lines and they'll get some of that stuff to work with but a lot of times they're fucking working just like all right I'm gonna be really fucking sad because it's not a play and it's not a movie in that aspect it's literally just you going okay what voice do I do this time what or how how what connotation do I use? What what exactly? What's the situation? Right. And what what will it fucking demand for this situation? Right. They don't always get a full script. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure they get acting, like a full script. But. Voice acting, you'll tend to get a full script. Like, there's no real reason, especially when you're doing like dubs like this. There's not a big reason to hide a lot of it. Like a lot of times, uh, especially, simulcast. Especially now, nowadays, when we're doing simulcast, they're not changing the story. Yeah, simulcast could be different, but a lot of times, like I mean. In the olden days, it's not like this anime was impossible to find. Right. Like, you could find the Japanese version out there and be like, oh, well, I'm fucking doing this. So it's not like they're secrets and we don't want the, you know, we don't want the fucking world to find out how Endgame's going to end in that aspect. So, like, I don't think, uh, I don't think it'd be weird to give voice actors a full script. No, I don't think so either. But it's just it, that you don't have that, that, you know, you don't have Rooster and Squiggles to play off each other. You have... You just have yourself to go, okay, what am I doing this time? Oh, yeah, from the acting standpoint, that's definitely one of the hardest things. Like, when you have to give a line or you have to deliver something without a cue, it's one of the hard. It's a very hard. It's a challenge for fucking actors. Um, I've been in the situation a couple times where, you know, it's like, okay, you've got to start a scene or you have a cut and then you have to immediately go, you know, it's like, all right, cool, we had a break. We've got to start this next scene and it's got to be with this fucking either an emotional fucking whatever. you got to go straight into it. You don't have that fucking emo. You don't have that cue line. Or, like, just cuts have made it so it's like, all right, cool, I got to fucking jack myself up and I got to get ready for this fucking moment right. before anything can happen. And so, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's fun. But the like, nice thing about doing, especially voice acting, you can you can record the stuff that you need to get really pumped up for several parts of the episode and then maybe do some of the stuff you got to come down for a little bit all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You can pick and choose. Like, if you're going to record your, you know, line by line, bit by bit, and then you're just going to send it out in that aspect, you definitely have that option where it's like, oh, cool, I can record. I'll record this chunk here. I'll record this chunk here. I'll do this here. But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know some voice actors are going to change up how they do it, and everyone's going to be different in their process. Sure. 
Like I like to start and I don't do any voice work. Like for the record, I just, I've read theory on fucking voice work and I've watched a couple like fucking like classes like this is how you do it. But I've never done any, uh, the closest I've come to doing voiceover work is we recorded a uh, Christmas Carol for the radio a couple weeks ago. So that's sure. the closest I've come to doing any fucking voice work and this, but you know, this I'm fucking doing a podcast live with another human. Right. But you know, it's like, I'm a, I, I like to work my way through the story. I've never been a fan and, you know, it's same with, like, movies. Like, movies cut, you know, do it out of scene and stuff. That's why I like stage plays. That's why I like stage work so much. Because you don't perform out of sequence. Right. I don't like performing out of sequence. Like, even, I, I don't like rehearsing a fucking emotional scene or a crazy scene or, like, such a, like, an emotionally heavy scene. I don't like doing it. It's it's always a rough. It's always a challenge because, like, okay, we're going to work this scene today. This is going to be the death of Tibble. Like, you're going to fucking, right. we're, that's what we're going to do. We're going to fucking block they, murder Tibble. You're going to come I've out done, and do I've it. Done, I've done um, theater before. Just as cut well. me off, man. You're hurting me. Well, th- I, I was agreeing with you. I've done theater as well. And yeah. it, it is hard to do those emotional scenes separately to and then to transition into doing the full, the full play. Yeah, so it's, a, and that's always, like, one of the biggest challenges that I personally face. So like I said, like you have to be all right. You've got to come in. You've got to be able to do this. And I mean, there's always a workup. And that's why, you know, at least for stagecraft, you know, it's like some people take that fucking time to be able to to warm up. You know, it's like mm-hmm. their warm ups are like, I've got to find the scene. You know, I need this cue line. I need this. I need that. So like, that's why, like for me, like I said, I like to work my way through because I feel like stories tend to have that. Like they've got that like kind of beat. They've got that kind of emotion to it. Like even if you have a bit part or you're not recording or you're not doing a lot if you start at the very beginning, at least like you can work your way through the story and you can be there with, you know, the other actors that are on stage with you. So I'm able to fucking do that. And that, I mean, that's my process at least in part of it. Right. You're not just, you're not just trying to listen in and hone in on certain keywords or certain mm-hmm. things. It, I, I completely agree with you. I have a hard time doing that as well. I try and follow along anytime I'm in a story or because as a, as a fan of theater, you want to watch the show. So you want to make sure everybody's getting to where they need to be. And then you have shows like you did where the person was going so far off script that you had to start cutting and pasting where you needed for the radio sequences. Oh, yeah, man. You're wow. You're fucking going. Yeah. Like, well, old cuts to my life. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, uh, a little backstory for you, Commandos. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm a, I'm a food scientist now, but by trade and by fucking training, I'm a I'm a theater technician, uh, director, stage management. And uh, once upon a time, I did a show in Akron with a theater company that I'm not going to name. I'm going to choose not to name them. Um, that we, we yeah, anyway. That's- so the uh, the show we did, uh, there was a, a radio sequence in the middle of it where the actor is supposed to communicate via radio with a uh, home base. It's uh, got a military connotation to it. And the fucking actors, God, man, they fucking, they shit the bed on this. Like, they kept cutting that show to hell. And so, like, for me, I as a stage manager, I had to fucking, like, cue the show and I'm trying to cue these fucking radio sequences in. I mean, it went to hell, dude. Like, we got it all in, and the actors were able to get all the lines, and I was able to get all the radio sequence properly, but when you have a recorded conversation, there's no way you can change that. Right. So it's like, this guy's fucking, like, I'm like, all right, cool, man. He's on page 28, and we're only at page 16 right now, so. Like, you have to really know the show, too. And that's another thing, like, to know, and I, I suspect voice actors are the same as fucking stage actors and movie actors, is that you have to know the script and you have to know what you're doing. Like, you can't just go in and like, I don't fucking know what's going on. Because, like, yeah, we can't see your face and we, you know, we can't see what your body and your motions are in that aspect. Like, you have to give it through voice. Yeah, I imagine that works once or twice. But then, you know, when people start picking up on that, they're going to go, yeah, no, we can't have you doing that. 
was just if you know the script and you know what's happening, you're able to make informed decisions with like your vocal choices. Right. Like instead of like looking at it like, is this a question or is it sarcasm or what is this? Like you can you can use those vocal patterns and you can try to sell it that way. Cause that's a, I mean, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to act without fucking having your body. I can't imagine trying to do that. Like, I mean, hopefully when you guys listen to this, you know, you can hear the emotion or the passion that we have for the subjects that we talk about. But we I, we can only hope. Like, and I'm not trying to act like this is just like this is my fucking feelings. Like I fucking dislike Star Wars Episode Eight, but man, I really fucking love My Hero Academia. Right. So it's like you know, hopefully that comes across to you guys, and you can see that, and you can hear that in our voices and our passion. I can't imagine the like having to like because I mean, all theater is is like training how to lie. Right. Like that's all you're doing. You're fucking lying to the audience, and I mean, like it's beautiful lies sometimes, and sometimes they're fucking disgusting, terrible lies. Because, you know, there's bad acting out there. Like, I'm not going to call bad actors out because, like, oh, shit, they're probably better actors and more successful than me. But there are bad actors out there. But the entire point of it is just you're fucking lying to an audience. Right. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what's fun about it. Like, you get paid to be a liar when you're in, when you're making theater, when you're making art like that. Absolutely. I I, I mean, it's, it's fantastic to just, you know, go and see, but to be able to go into a show and be part of a show. And you know the show, so you know the character, so you know what you're going to do. And when something does happen that, that somebody skips a page or somebody, you know, they, they jump a little bit, you're able to keep up with them because you're, you know, you're paying attention to yourself and to everybody around you. Yeah, I mean, one of the things is, like, you always have to be listening to what's happening on stage. Like, you can't just walk on there. And again, like I said, I all of my background and all of my like all of my knowledge comes from like the actual stagecraft side right. of things, the theatrical side, which is drastically fucking different than movies, TV, whatever. But it's like when you're doing fucking like a stagecraft, like you know, theater, you have to fucking pay attention to what's happening because if someone drops that line, like you have to be ready to go with like, all right, my next line is this, three lines from now is this, and that's what made that show that I mentioned uh, that you know you mm-hmm. brought up so fucking successful is the fact that while the actor would fucking jump lines and jump pages, I knew the show, so I could be like, cool, I'll find this. And not just, not and, just jump lines, but jump back. Like, oh, yeah, back they jumped all over, man. Yeah. That show started time traveling. But <laughs> the way you know, but the way it worked, like the act, so uh, it was him on stage, and there was another actress on stage with him, and she was able to follow along as well. Like, I had to make sure I got the radio cues right, but I mean, fuck it. If he's talking to the radio and it doesn't work, fuck it. The radio's broken now. I don't know. Like, you can, you could try to sell that if you think fast on your seat, on your feet. And I think that he would have thought fast enough on his feet. But like, she had to fucking know, oh, fuck, how am I going to cut into this? Right. Because like, now she's like, shit. And she's got to figure out, like, sometimes the radio doesn't work. Like, how is she going to fucking respond or be like, oh, I overheard your conversation. I really don't like the fact that you guys are coming for us. It was a very politically charged play because it was about um, an Israeli soldier who was captured, sort of captured by a Palestinian woman while he was out on patrol. So it's a a very fucking politically charged show. Right. And uh, so it's like, you know, she would hear like, you know, you have to decide, is she a terrorist? Is she not a terrorist? You know, is she a Palestinian terrorist or is she a Palestinian refugee? And like throughout the show, it's like she gives hints to both. Like, oh, she's just a woman who's caught in this crossfire. Oh, she's the one that took it. Like she... She's the one that gave away um, the main, the other character's fucking position, and like she helped attack his fucking group. So it's like you have to kind of decide, like, can you trust her? Can you not trust her? And then the end of the show has kind of a an interesting little twist. It's uh, called his, uh, "How His Bride Came to Abraham." Hmm. So if you guys are curious about the show I'm talking about, I would uh, I would check it out. It's dark and it's uh, it's 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 dark, but it's fun. It's a it's a really interesting piece. Uh, very timely as it's always timely if you talk politics in that aspect of the in that region of the world. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. So but yeah, man. 
What else you got, man? We're fucking talking all this uh, stagecraft <laughs> shit, man. I feel like, I mean, I can give a fucking lecture on stagecraft, but so, uh, that's a different podcast. Yeah. So uh, back around Christmas, we talked about, um, I had made a map for my dad. Uh-huh. Uh, the map came from a series of books, and I don't remember the actual series that it comes from, but my dad gave me the first book by Peter Brett called The Warded Man. And it is a fantastic, I've, I've been reading that, I'm about four chapters in, it has been a fantastic read. It is, it's one that I'm actually excited to like sit down and, and dig into, because I, I, I haven't been that excited to sit down and dig into a book for a long time. And th- this has got like demons coming up, and it's got, you know, very uh, supposed to be set like in the far future and mankind has fallen to these demons it's such a great story kind of reminds me of the old uh just your description reminds me of the old rpg setting for riffs it's a little bit different than that but uh just uh it's set in the future where like the fucking world falls apart and uh like there's like post-apocalyptic chaos and you've got like cyborg a little cyberpunk action and some magic action well it's 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 not it's not even like post-apocalyptic it's just the world has gone to shit so now we're going back to you know basic farming times like you are you are and every night you run into the house they paint wards on the on the fence post to keep the demons out Mm. and then like every day they go back to farming like that's just what it is (laughs) And so it, it, but apparently it's set like, um, in like 3000 years or like 3,300, 3,500, somewhere around there where for 3000 years, man built up science and they built up technology and they learned how the world worked and they forgot about the magic that warded off the demons and the demons had come long before, but that man, mankind forgot about all of this so when they came back 3000 years later 300 years before the story set they didn't know how to defend themselves anymore huh. so that sounds just, interesting man glad is, you're uh, checking it out yeah it's it's been a long time since i picked up a true novel like mm. I, I mean we talk comics we talk graphic novels all the time it's been a long time since i picked up a true novel and just been able to sink my teeth into it and that's cool man well hopefully you're uh, able to really enjoy that and able to uh I don't know, get to the end. Give us a full book report, you know? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I haven't, uh, I personally haven't read a book in a, uh, in longer than I care to admit. Um, I buy books and I look at books and I think about reading them, but I have not really read a book in a, uh, it's been a fucking minute, unfortunately. Right. I get a little bit bogged down with Parker. I think last time I read a book, in all seriousness, it was, uh, I went to a Harry Potter trivia night earlier this year and I reread the first couple Harry Potter books for it. Well, at least so. that's something, though. Yeah, when it comes to rereading, God, reading a new book, it's been a minute. I keep uh, saying I'm going to, and then I keep wanting to fall back some some of my old like standbys. Like I haven't read Starship Troopers in forever, and that's been on my fucking list for a, <laughs> like to reread for a while. Like it's uh, that's my favorite book actually. So it's Space Marines, man. Space Marines. Like sci-fi is my favorite fucking genre, and unfortunately, sci-fi is the genre that I feel gets fucked up the most. Uh, it's really easy to try to make a shitty sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. It's really shitty, really easy to try to write a shitty sci-fi book, I think. Um, fantasy-wise, like, there's dime a dozens, but there's plenty of fucking masters. Sci-fi, man, I feel like there's just, there's so much fucking especially, shovelware in sci-fi. Especially that, that high sci-fi where, you know, it's space marines. It's it's actual, you know, there should be a story here why we're in space and fighting. Yeah, like, that's the, like, Starship Troopers is one of my favorite fucking things, like I said. Um, I like the movie, even though it's campy as fuck. Uh, I say movie because I think the that 2 and 3 is, is fucking yeah. terrible. Um, they're not good. Uh, they're, yeah, they uh, are not. 
Yeah, they're not they're not fucking enjoyable in the goddamn least. Uh, I think there's some CG films out there I have not checked out. Yeah. Uh, and there was a TV series I never I've never seen that I know that is I not good. Know. But I uh, I'm a big Starship Troopers fan and I love the fucking book. I, uh, I I'd love more in that fucking universe, uh, but you know there's not much more that there's not much more we were given. Right. But for me, that is the epitome of space marine. That is the epitome of fucking like that is, for you know it's like aliens in a way for me. Like I feel a lot of fucking like when they made the movie Aliens, I feel a lot of the fucking space marine idea, the mobile infantry. I feel a lot of those connections right. in the fucking colonial marines for uh, the Alien series. And uh, I like the uh, I like Aliens a lot. I think it's S.D. Perry uh, wrote a couple Aliens books, and like we had some of those fucking like you know future like fight and sci-fi, and I just I really dig that. So I um I wish there was more sci-fi out there that I fucking could find that I could really dig into. Hey, you guys have any sci-fi books you really say, dig, man? Let is. me know. I'm always uh, I'm always interested in hearing more. I, I always take recommendations. And we we say this all the time. You guys got something you want us to to check out? Something that you love? We are more than happy to at least look into it. Oh, Whether yeah, it's definitely. for us or not is a different story. We'll at least look into it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be fucking literature, you know what I mean? Like, send us, uh, you know, send us what you're into. Send us stuff that, like, you know, they send us the admittedly fucking, like, well, this is cheesy, but I really like it. Because that shit exists out there. Squiggles is more than that. I was going to say, but, uh, I, love my, I love my cheesy, terrible, I'm going to sit down and laugh for two and a half hour movies because they're so bad. I love those movies. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There are movies that are just fucking awful. They're, 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 they're out there, but I love a good cheesy sci-fi or a good cheesy fiction uh, story. That, that Should I just resurrect the uh, Undercover Brother 2 joke? Yes. <laughs> you know, bring back, you know, Squirrels called it a great movie. I didn't call it a great, it was okay. It I'm was never going to go great. back and re-listen. I just, in my head, you called it fucking Oscar worthy, so <laughs> I it, it did makes not. it funny. I definitely did not. Like, of course, Squiggles is out here going, man, I think that movie should have won the fucking Oscar. Can't <laughs> believe it wasn't nominated this year. Well, I know, like, logically he didn't do that. It's way funnier in my fucking head <laughs> if I think that. So then when I say this and he gets so fucking worried, I didn't call it a great movie. I'm like, you totally did, man. <laughs> I don't care if he did or not at this point, man. It's fucking, I'm going to etch that into the Crone Commando fucking lore book. <laughs> but yeah, man, sci-fi, dude. There's not enough good sci-fi for me out there. I would, uh, I would love more. I would really love more good sci-fi. Tell you what, if you're listening and you make some kind of sci-fi, let us know that, too. We would be happy to, to check that out. Hey, you fucking come on out here, man. We'll fucking interview you the shit out of there Damn for that. Damn skippy. We'll have you down for a Crow and Commando uh, podcast. Come on out and talk talk sci-fi with us. Yeah, or comics. Really, if you're a maker really? of anything, let us know. We'd yeah. love to have you. Uh, man, let's see. I've been playing the fuck out of One Deck Dungeon yeah. on my phone. I can't remember if I mentioned it last week or not. You, you did, and I was wondering if it was, like, just more of, of how great it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, not so much how, like, I mean, it's it's a great fucking game. It's a really fun fucking one-to-two-player, like, actual board game itself. Uh, on iOS, it's a fucking great game to play. Like, it's one of those, like, I don't know, man, I got five minutes to kill. I got somewhere early. Uh, you know, I'm picking someone up. I, you know, whatever. Like, I got a couple minutes. Like, you can play a couple fucking rounds. And just work your way through it. I just, I keep fucking playing it. Like, legitimately, I think I've played this game. Oh, my God. Like, if I looked at my record, I've probably played a few hundred fucking rounds of this game at this point. <laughs> I just keep playing I know, it. Well, I know you showed me last week you had a couple hundred rounds with, like, one or two people. Yeah, the one character, uh, Kaliana, I keep playing as. And I, uh, I I think I've taken her as far as I can. Her checklist is maxed out. I beat Gauntlet Mode with her. There's nothing else to fucking do with that character. But I'm going to probably keep playing the game because there's a shitload more characters to play as. 
Uh, yeah, Caliano's record right now is 4486. So, uh, you know, I've played uh, 130 20, times. 130, yeah. Yeah, 130 times with her in just regular. I don't know if that counts Gauntlet Boat or not. <laughs> so, if it does, uh, yeah, I played 130 times with her alone. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely got to get that better. Got to get that, I uh, got to get her to a winning record. So now I got to <laughs> win a lot of games. And I'll probably do it too because I can't put it down. I keep playing the fucking game and I keep loving it. Hey, that's what's great though. When yeah. you find something like that that you just absolutely love, and especially when it's on mobile, and you can, because there's, uh, I mean, mobile games are great for a short period of time usually, and then you're like, I'm okay, I'm done with this. Well, the one thing I like, mobile board games are enjoyable, I think. Uh, they're a little bit different, but like you can get uh, One Deck Dungeon, Sentinels of the Multiverse, Evolution. You can get these games, and they're very good representations of the actual board game itself. Because One Deck Dungeon's not a fucking complicated game. Right. So it translates to phone very well. Uh, same with Sentinels, it's not a complicated game. It translates to the phone very well, and Evolution is the same way. Like, these kind of like card-based games translate very well to what's happening so it's like yeah you'll have a couple of different screens that you're covering so it's like oh this will be like my fucking food track for this or you know i'm going to navigate between my hand screen and like what these different cards are and shit like that for like uh sentinels and one deck dungeon you know it's like oh i'm gonna look at my player card i want to look at this card whatever like it's not it's not fucking it's not rocket surgery in that aspect though like there's not so much happening like i can't imagine trying to cover they make rts games and i can't imagine playing it on a cell phone specifically because there's so much shit that would be happening yeah but i could imagine like you know an ipad or something like that like seeing kind I of could, games I could, like that i could see twilight imperium being a, a computer game i guess but i i don't know that i'd want to play it like half the fun of twilight was sitting down with a group of friends for 10 hours one day and, and playing I, I don't know that i'd want to do that um, I feel like the honestly the biggest challenge I would have with playing a game like Twilight Imperium if they made that is whenever it goes to like Senate and you're trying to like torque your vote like you know get people to vote with you and shit yeah. same way like when I play sports games I kind of hate whenever it's like well I really hope this fucking trade request works like it's a legitimate trade request but who knows what the computer's gonna take it or not you know what I mean right or it's like oh man this happened ah fuck you know it's like well or they'll make trade requests and you're like well that's bullshit and you'll counter offer and they're like oh no and I'm like that's a fair offer I need a tight end and you offered me a lineman. Right. You know, it's like, you want my star fucking receiver. Well, I need a fucking tight end, you know? So. Fucking computers. And I mean, I, I think as time goes on, things are going to get better in that aspect, obviously. But it's, that'd be the biggest challenge I think a Twilight Imperium would run into. Because everything else, it's just like, you know, troop management, resources, like how many fucking, you know, how many plants do I have? How many people do I put on there? And then it's just simulated dice rolls. Right. Which, it's not exactly the hardest thing to simulate. Like, you could do Star Wars Rebellion probably too. Because Star Wars Rebellion, it's all about, like, just where you're going to put troops, and then you just have tracks about when you're going to fucking get troops. True. So, I don't know, man, maybe. But still, like there, like you said, there are just certain games that, that just translate better. And I think I think some of those, those simpler games that you can sit down and play in, you know, 20, 30 minutes are are those games that, that will always translate a little better than, than the long, hardcore roll, rolling type of games that, that you got to figure out. Yeah. Well, I mean, to an extent. Like I said, I mean, One Deck Dungeon is all about fucking rolling dice. Yeah. Like, that's the entire shtick is how many dice can I get? How many yellow, pink, and blue dice can I get to fucking work? 
But I no, definitely. Like the more complicated, the more shit you have to add to it. I mean, the one perk about board games is the fact that you're playing these with people. You're playing these with your friends, your family. Maybe you're playing with strangers at a competition or a convention. I don't know. But you're playing it with people, and that is one of the perks of board games that they do lose in that aspect. Because computers make weird choices sometimes. Sometimes it's Pe- a- uh, I tell you what, people make weird choices. But sometimes when people make weird choices, you go, you get great memories from it. Computers make weird choices. You just go, what the fuck is that? Well, it's like a computer makes a weird choice, and you're like, well, that's fucking odd. Like, they should attack, or, yeah, that's really weird. Like, they should know the most logical thing is this. Like, if a person makes a choice, you know, it's like, well, maybe they're bluffing me. Like, I don't know, man. It never feels like computers are bluffing. Like, it's like, they either are or they aren't. I don't feel... It's hard to find a bluff mechanic for a computer, you know what I mean? But... Who knows, man? I think that's one thing that we will see get better, and we will see you know more and more games move over. Um, I know Fantasy Flight just ended their digital uh, digital side of things. Right, we talked about that. But I do think we're going to see more and more board games, and more companies try to reach that fucking like, well, you know, we sell a whole bunch of copies doing this, but maybe we could also do this because there are board games that would translate really well. Uh, maybe Lanterns would translate well to it. Like, it could be something that, you know, it's like, oh, cool, we can do this. Or maybe, you know, I mean, Sentinels does really well. Um, Champions of Midgard, champion, maybe. Champion. Like, play Marvel with some computers and like, shit. Uh, Marvel Champions, yeah, like card games like that. Um, it's hard to do deck builders. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, they definitely exist. Uh, like, I mean, you used to be able to play Yu-Gi-Oh! They had a Pokemon trading card game for a while. Shit like that for, like, console, for, uh, you know, handhelds. Well, I, I remember playing Yu-Gi-Oh! on the PS2, so... It was that was game like one of the games I like to play a lot, and you could actually add if you had the card in real life, you could add like its serial number mm-hmm. or something to actually get the card in the game. Yeah, it had, they all had a code on it. Uh, I will say like there is an issue. I, I do think there's an issue trying to do like deck builders like that, like anything that requires building a deck, and it does work. Like we played Yu-Gi-Oh, and I played Yu-Gi-Oh very successfully. Um, I think the last one I personally bought was the 2005 edition. But I, I, like, I played the shit out of Yu-Gi-Oh! on my Game Boy Advance, so I'm not going to lie there. And I've played, you know, I played the Pokemon trading card game. Like, I remember that on the old Game Boy Color. Yeah. So, that's always a segment I wanted to do for Crow and Commandos that we've never gotten to. We've never been able to do, like, a video game playthrough. Yeah. But if we ever could, if we ever get to it, I'd love to do old games. That would be a lot of fun. Like, that's what I would, like, like you know, fucking sit down and, like, let's see if we can take a monster and monster answer through the fucking <laughs> S-Rank or something like that. Like, that's the shit I would love to do. But, yeah, like, I always have a hard time doing deck-building games specifically. Like, I mean, they're fun to play. I just, I don't dig, I don't dig as much when it comes to, like, building a deck out of a fucking, like, all right, I got all this shit. I I, I feel limited doing that way. I don't know. Maybe it's because how when I build a deck... Like, how I fucking do it. You know, you put the cards in front of me, and I can fucking hold them and look, and I'm like, okay, cool. And like, you get, I, keep... I mean, you go back to that Yu-Gi-Oh, you can kind of get the heart of the cards, and you can kind of get a feel for what you like and what you, you know... You know, I think this one will work great here. You can put them side by side and go, I think this is a good combination. Yeah, it's just the compare and contrast. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's just something There's something I really enjoy about laying a bunch of cards in front of me and trying to build a deck out of that. I, no, I agree completely. So. Because I sometimes, like Yu-Gi-Oh! used to do it all the time where they would update their, their uh, cards and you'd get different artwork. And sometimes I like the different artwork to on the cards. And that's how, and it was the exact same card, exact same play, but... I like the different artwork. I can't really recall them doing different artwork for Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but it just—I mean, it's just one of those like. I mean, I'm sure they were they exist. I'm just—I'm just trying to think of it, because Yu-Gi-Oh was just like Pokemon and Magic. It was just new sets came out and you yeah. had different shit. But I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just—I don't really fucking recall that. that it it might have been something different, but 
like I just I remember like sitting down with different card games going, okay, this is the exact same card. I'm going with this one. I like the art more. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, I have um I mean I have the literal exact same cards except it's expanded except the art's extended beyond the borders for the cards for uh Marvel Champions. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a promo I got at Gen Con, so I play with that because it's like, oh yeah, it's bigger art. It's more Spider Man on the card than the fucking other cards have. So I definitely dig what you're saying in that aspect. So yeah, man, I um I like it, man. I haven't played a lot of card games in a while, so it's uh I love playing Marvel Champions right now. I haven't played that in a while. I know we're not talking about, but it's like haven't uh, haven't gotten that to the table in like two weeks. New sets are getting ready. Actually, uh, in the news, we're going to talk about it. Um, I'll just mention it now. Uh, they just announced that we're going to get a uh, Black Widow. Right, um, and I saw we're getting Taskmaster with that too. Yeah, so the way that works is uh, in Marvel Champions, each hero comes with a villain set. Mm-hmm. So you get your hero deck, um, and each hero has like a 15 cards that are associated with them. And then they also have a five-card villain deck that whenever there's a certain card draw, they get like an arch nemesis. Okay. So for Black Widow, her arch, her arch is going to be Taskmaster in this set. Uh, there's going to be, uh, supposedly, there's also going to be a Hulk and a Doctor Strange coming. Oh. So there were some leaks, which Black Widow was one of the leaks, and we're all like, okay, well, we'll see. Maybe this is what it is. But it looks like uh, that, that with Black Widow confirmed, hopefully Hulk and uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange are announced as well soon. Because the next ones that we'll see, and she'll come out later. The next one we're going to see is Thor and Wrecking Crew. Oh, okay. So they do, um, there's three different types of boxes. We don't really know what the fucking deluxe expansions are going to be yet. So you get either hero decks, which are, you know, new hero cards, obviously, and new abilities and new shit to play with your heroes. Or you get scenario packs, which are your villains. So we're going to get Wrecking Crew, and they're going to come with some different fucking modules and shits. Because they all say, awesome, use Wrecking Crew, uh, use this type of card set, maybe add two modular card sets to it. So you're like, okay, cool. I can do Wrecking Crew, uh, a Bomb Threat, and uh, Hydro Infiltration. Why not? Or I don't want to do that. I want to do Save the Citizens, and uh, let's throw Goblin Nation and shit like that. So you can add these different modular sets to it to kind of like change up how the game plays, change up maybe what your focus has to be sometimes. It's really enjoyable. Like one of the uh, scenarios you can add is Doomsday Chair, so you add MODOK to it. So I really, uh, that's one of the things I really like about that game. So yeah, man, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Black Widow's coming out sometime in uh, Q2. That's so that'll awesome. be fucking sweet. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, man, like One Deck Dungeon. I can't fucking talk about how much I enjoy <laughs> that, dude. Like, it's fun. If you guys are looking for something fun to play mobile-wise, check it out. I tried checking out uh, the Gundam game for mobile. Okay. There's like Gundam uh, Gundam Battle or something like that. I just I couldn't get into it. I'm not a big like fucking like mobile phone player to begin with. And when it comes to like, oh, cool, I've got to move around and attack, I just, I did not get into it as much. And I'm a big Gundam guy, so I was like, I really wanted this to be a game for me. It was not. It was not what I wanted. Maybe if it had been like a fucking like turn-based strategy or something, I'd have gotten into that. Or even it was like, like a uh, Gundam builder. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I need a game to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to just like go in and I'm just going to build giant robots. Like, that's never been my thing. Like, I've never sat there just to build decks to build decks. Like, if I'm going to build a deck in a card game, I want to play that deck. I've never been someone who's like, I'm just going to go in and customize this shit for the fucking shits and giggles. Like, I'm always, there's always, I want to do something with what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, when I played Armored Core, I'd spend a long time building a mech, but it's because that's the mech that I wanted to fucking use in my missions, which, if you never played the Armored Core games, that was one of the cool things about it. It was a very customizable fucking mech game. So, like, you had weight limits, you had all kinds of different shit, but, like, you built, you could build the fucking unit that you wanted. Like, you could go with just a pre-gen fucking, like, ah, oh, this is whatever the fucking, you know, that chassis is, whatever that unit type is. Or you could really go into Armored Core and fucking build out your mech. 
Like, I want to take away this armor so it can be faster. I want to make a fucking tank, so I'm going to fucking really reduce my speed, but I'm going to fucking make it really strong here and shit. So uh, Armored Core is a game I really enjoyed, but I never went in there just to fuck around to fuck around. It was always, this is going to be the fucking, I'm going to build the rig that I want to play with. And that's always what I went for when I was playing my games. Okay. Man, I love Armored Core. That's another great game. <laughs> God, I haven't played a fucking Armored Core game in a long time. Well, I think that uh, that takes us to the news. Oh, man, you got nothing else, huh? Fuck. I, really, I haven't done much this week except work and watch Dr. Stone. Like, I, that's about all I've done. Yeah, I guess I don't really have much either, so. My Hero Academia, man, I got like two episodes before the, uh, the fucking overhaul arc is over. Because yeah. we're one week behind in America, so the conclusion, I think the conclusion of the fight and then the epilogue episode. So I think there's two left. It's been really enjoyable. Did you catch up on that? I did. I caught. I caught uh, the the latest simulcast episode episode uh, today. Yeah, man. It was it was very good. There's, I'm not feeling good about uh, Night Eyes odds. I'm not either, man. <laughs> I don't it's, think he's gonna ooh. make it. He's gonna he's gonna take a lot to to actually make it. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Aries got that rewind quirk, but uh, I think uh, I think Night Eyes gonna be the uh, gonna be one of the first deaths we really see in the series. Yeah. So it'll all be with the overhaul arc, man, because overhaul killed off fucking uh, Kim. And now Overhaul is going to, you know, inadvertently kill off uh, Night Eye, it looks like. Yeah. All the deaths come from Overhaul. Is the series getting darker? I don't think so. But that's in my opinion. <laughs> uh, news-wise, man, uh, let's see. Got a whole bunch of shit actually added to yeah, it. Yeah, we do. So it's kind of fun. Uh, first thing I threw in here was, uh, this is from, uh, definitely for you, uh, you critters out there will probably enjoy that. Uh, Echo Knights, man. They're coming as the next yeah, subclass. This is, this is cool. Um, Echo Knights are, are from the brain of Matt Mercer. Who is you know the DM for for Critical Role? Uh, they just they just announced uh, the guide to Wild Mount, which is what the uh, second uh, story of story arcs of Critical Role was based in was Wild Mount. So I mean, all of this is cool. It's just the the Echo Knights are are something that's really really uh, looking very cool with the the uh, way you put them out too. Yeah, so the way it looks like an Echo Knight plays is you're going to have your your main character, like yourself, yep. and then you're pulling an illusion or a fucking a, a shade a of yourself from, from a different a, timeline. Different so it could reality. be what you are. What, it could have been what you... Really, it's a what you could have been kind yeah. of thing. So then you, you can pass off your actions where it's like, okay, that guards this. I'm going to go do this. Then you can start tra like trading your actions. And I suspect... Again, I suspect that you'll probably be able to get more actions so that you could do something, and then your Echo Knight could probably... your you know Your Echo could fucking... Working a little more tandem. I'm not sure if it's going to be a paladin class. It didn't really say, and I don't I, follow it critical role. It might so. be its own class at this point. Well, it said it's a subclass, so that tends to be subclasses tend to be like you got your main class, and then you yeah, kind of might, sub out I'm, of that. It might be a paladin class. I didn't. I didn't really. It didn't really say either. But um, it it also did say one of the cool things like you can trade places with your echo. Yeah, if you level up or you take that kind of path yeah. with it. So I'm I'm intrigued to see it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be supplementary material I pick up though. That's the thing. I do pick, I will pick up supplemental guides if it adds classes and it adds things to it like that. But I don't know if three subclasses is going to be enough. I'm going to have to see what the book adds before I decide if I'm going to pick up Wildbond or not. Right. I mean, shit, I haven't played, I haven't built a new character in D&D &D in a minute. So it's been over a year since I built a new character, since I rolled somebody. Yeah. So we'll have to fucking see when I do. It's probably like Glick was the last one you rolled. I think Glick, uh, yeah, I think Glick was the last character I rolled in D&D. &D. 
That's the last guy I created. So that was, uh, that was about a year ago at this point. Yeah, it was. So um, I like the character. I just haven't created anything in a while. And I haven't done it. I always buy the books, and I have so many, so much fucking supplementary material for it. And I never take full advantage of it. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be a pure fucking ranger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be a pure fucking, uh, I'll just do this, and I'll pick this fucking like side, side of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I have no idea much about Echo Knights, and there wasn't really much to give you. And same way, it didn't tell you what well, the other they, uh, think, two classes were. I think they're trying to keep, keep some of it, you know, hidden until the release of the book. They're trying, you know, some some of it they're they're trying to keep. Oh know. yeah, if you tell too much, then you can just fucking homebrew it right now. Right. I'm sure people are already homebrewing Echo Knights, though. There's enough people that like critters out there, so. And he's used them in the games, so it, it's not. Yeah, I said like they fought they a few of them. Yeah, so it, it's not like they couldn't go go and see somewhat how to play them. So I'm intrigued, man. It could be fun, though. It sounds kind Absolutely. of interesting. Anytime you're adding extra things to the battlefield like that, I'm always like, all right, I wonder how that's going to go. Because I really, I wonder how, like, your health's going to work for that. Like, if you, you know, is that Echo Knight going to fucking take magic? Is it going to be, like, take fucking health? What kind of fucking is it, demonic is it sorcery gonna be, are you going to fucking Is it going to be like that? a, uh, you know, when clerics cast duplicity and one one shot could kill him or it'll just go through him? Or, I mean, you're trading places with them, so... Will you split your health? I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways you could do that. Yeah, like, I mean, is it going to die on the field? Is it going to be, like, fucking some weird shit, like when Flash had Season 2 happen and they're fighting Zoom and all that? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Firefly, man. There's, Firefly. Uh, there's talk of a revival again. Uh, I say again because there's always talk of there's a Firefly revival. Firefly revival. <laughs> the... the uh looks like 2017, they had said there's very little chance of it. So now they're coming back out and saying, if the cast is willing to do it, if Josh Whedon is willing to do it, we're willing to get get behind it. Yeah, well, I think, what is it? The president came out and said, you know, yeah, the president, Donald Trump came out and said, no. Uh, but they came out, you know, the president of the network came out and said, hey, um, we're always interested in looking at our old properties. And I think especially in the fact that we live in a world where all these shows are fucking getting rebooted and all these shows are getting another chance. Um I mean, you know, you look at the Disney side of things, fucking That's So Raven just did well, yeah. fucking, uh, they just put uh, Lizzie McGuire back into fucking, uh, Fuller House just fucking wrapped its, you know, fifth revival season. Right. Uh, what is it, fucking uh, Will and Grace, fucking, and I know these aren't sci-fi shows, and I know these aren't, like, fucking, like, the traditional, like, fantasy shows, but Picard's fucking coming back. Right. So, you know, we're gonna see a continuation of that Picard story, which is somehow gonna fucking bridge... It's going to live in the next generation, but also the new Star Trek timeline as well, which is really interesting because it's going to live like they're like, oh, no, those movies, those those totally happen. Those are those are timeline. This is going to take place like part of that Picard series is going to take place of him trying to read a, lead a rescue fleet. It seems to uh, Romulus before it fucking explodes. So they're going to be dealing with fucking the fallout of the fucking uh, of the Romulans being displaced and. You know, is Vulcan not going to fucking exist in this world because, you know, uh, Nero fucking destroys that in the first Star Trek movie. Right. So I don't I'm not sure about that. But so all of this shit's going to take place and, you know, they're going to they're going to reboot fucking Star Trek and uh, Starfleet a little bit in that aspect. Like Starfleet maybe not isn't this great golden thing. So that's a different story entirely. But, you know, so it's like reboots are definitely reboots and revivals. Like it's not even reboots. It's just revivals of these like franchises that people loved. <laughs> well, we're seeing more and more of. So we talk. We talk a little bit about the revivals. What what shows would you like to see revived? We're talking about you know Firefly getting one. What what what's a show you would like to see revived? Me personally, yeah, man, that's that's hard to call. I um tell you what, I'll give you mine while you think. I I will. I would love to see Reaper revived. I don't know if you remember this show. It had I remember Reaper. It, it had two seasons. I loved it. 
I don't know if you could revive it with the same cast, but you would if you did, you'd probably have to put it a few years down the line. Kevin Smith had something to do with that. Didn't he direct a pilot or something for that, I think? I don't remember if he did or not. I feel like he, uh, he had some involvement with Reaper. I don't think he was. He wasn't like a showrunner or anything, but I feel like he directed something for it. He might have set the tone for it. I don't know. I might be completely wrong and off my rock. I'm going to have to look it up later. Uh, man. But it ended on such a... Oh, like they were obviously expecting another season mm -hmm. and then the writer's strike happened and it never came through. So I would love to see an, another season of Reaper, at least one more season to finish everything out. I dig what you're saying there. I think, man, oh, this is hard. Like for me, a lot of the shows I watch and a lot of them, like they end and I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm always like, if they continued on, like, I don't know, maybe they'd have been shit. Maybe they wouldn't have been good. So like, I never go, oh man, like I, I need more. Like, oh, there's no, you know, so, man, what would I fucking pick? I really don't. Like, Gun to the Head. I mean, there's a couple random-ass things that come to my mind that, like, nobody fucking knows because I don't think anybody knows fucking uh, War Planet Shadow Raiders. Uh, it was an old fucking cartoon that kind of ended on a, a piss-poor note, I felt. Okay. Uh, it was um, it was an old it was the old Treadmaster toy line. Um, it was Battle Planets or whatever, and you had these mm -hmm. fucking little. It was like the the Mighty Max and kind of like fucking Polly Pocket line where it's like all the shit was self contained in a little fucking toy. Right. You open it up and like a fucking toddler would fucking choke to death on it. <laughs> right. So uh, it was this old fucking toy line, and you could have like I said, you had these little toys and like uh, for uh, for what is it uh, Shadow Raiders. It expanded upon the fucking universe a little bit. And I was like, oh, no, it's all these planets locked in this fucking, like, epic battle with the fucking beast planet. And then like, it just kind of ended. You never really got anything else. Like, oh, like, what the fuck happened with this? Or right. Where, like, what was the what was this? And so that's something I would always like to see. Like, I always thought to myself, like, I wonder what more of that would be. Like, it's a show I really enjoyed. And it's a show I've always been like, I wonder what more of that would be. Um... I mean, on other notes, uh, there's a show called Slings and Arrows, which I would love to have like 12 more seasons of. It was a, <laughs> it was a Canadian TV show, and it was all about a uh, a theater company. Um, they were a Shakespeare festival, and it got three seasons. And it was just like this fucking down on your luck Shakespeare festival that like they always came through at the end. They put on these great productions, but there was all these fucking zany antics behind scenes. And as like a theater professional, uh, like slings and arrows, like spoke to me. Right. It was a show that I was always like, Oh my fucking God. I know that. Like, I know these people, I know <laughs> this fucking, like these two old fucks. I know that man, these fucking old crazy bastards. And Oh, that stage manager, Maria. Yeah, man. I fucking, I know those stage managers. And so it's a show that I just, I've always loved. And, uh, every now and then there's like, you know, they're like, Oh, maybe it's going to come back. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yes. And then it never, like, they're never going to come back with it. Like, the people right. I ran and the people that did it, it's never going to come back. Uh, and I, even in revival world that we currently are in, it's not coming back. Right. But that's a, that's a TV show that I really love. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything big that people would know. Like, that would, you know, be like, oh, that was popular. And people are like, oh, yeah, Chuck, fucking bring those back. We really want to see Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's always Scooby-Doo, so right. like, there's no fucking concern there. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe the X Men cartoon that'd be kind of cool to see come back, yeah. uh, especially like with what X Men is uh, the comics have done in the past fucking twenty years. Yeah, all the, <clears> especially <throat> all the characters and stuff you could add to it now. You know, but at the same time, like that's another one that's like it ended, and I'm like, all right. Um, I actually, I'll tell you exactly. Like another one, like my last one that I would bring back. You know, th just thinking about X Men, Wolverine and the X Men. There you go. That's that's one I like, think everyone can agree was way too short. Like when it fuck yeah, one season, and when it fucking ended, and it fucking teased the apocalypse storyline. Uh -huh. 
Um, I would uh, I would trade every X-Men movie we have gotten since then and The New Mutants, which looks like it might actually be a good movie. Yeah. I would trade all of that and The New Mutants coming out for a second season of Wolverine and the X-Men. Right. Uh, 24, 25 episodes was just too, not enough. Absolutely. Uh, it was such an interesting fucking idea. You know, Wolverine fucking leading the team. It was just so good. It was so fucking fun. It was fucking dark and it was funny and they had characters that like like, oh shit, this is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, he's, I, he didn't fucking expect it. Like, and it started off where it's like, you, if you're an X-Men fan, you're like, oh shit, man, fucking there's, you know, fucking this happening and this happening. But you were never fucking, like, you you never felt lost. Like, I felt like right. Noelle was able to follow it no problem. And, like, Noelle doesn't read the fucking comics. Noelle likes the X-Men, but she was able to fucking follow what's happening in Wolverine and the X-Men. And we both agreed. We're like, God damn, this is a great fucking scene. Yeah. So it's like, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I'll <clears throat> agree with you 100%. I loved Wolverine and the X-Men. And it, it is definitely a show that did not get a uh, enough it, did, it definitely did not get enough. No, it got fucking killed in the prime. It got killed when it shouldn't have. And that's a fucking shame right there. And I don't even, I don't know what the reasoning behind it was either. That's the thing. Uh, I just think it didn't get, it just didn't do well. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's the same way, like either the toys weren't selling or the ratings just weren't up or Nickelodeon was having problems because it was a Nick show. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same way they decided, uh, they set up uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and I might be at the same time frame. So this might be legit. Yeah. Because this is, uh, but, Avatar, they wanted to do, like, another season. And then they were like, oh, by the way, uh, you're not getting another season. <laughs> oh, shit. So Avatar had to wrap everything up with fucking uh, the movie, fucking, uh, what is it, Chosen's comic. So, like, they were like, oh, shit, because they thought, oh, we'll build up, we'll build up, we'll build up, and we'll have a full, we'll have some more, we'll have more fucking TV right. to do. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, you're going to finish now. We're like, oh, shit. We got a movie idea. We're going to make this work. We got this. And they were able to make it work, obviously, because, I mean, that's it fucking great series that Absolutely. had a, a great story and a great fucking ending so i uh so i, I wonder Avatar if maybe there was like a uh, a a new creative or something at nickelodeon that took over and was like nope we're, we're gonna kill a lot of this and start fresh i mean i'm trying to think back but i feel like it's around the same timeline where nickelodeon just wasn't doing so well nick studios started closing um it, i don't even know if nick studios is still in universal anymore I'm not sure either and uh like i mean you posted that thing about the universe about the nickelodeon uh time capsule it got moved to the fucking resort. That resort doesn't exist either anymore. Hmm. So, like, you can't go. I don't know if you can go to Orlando and, like, fucking be a Nick kid anymore. I, That's I, so sad. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that was something. The world, I, I guess. I guess, but that was always something <laughs> I wanted to do as a kid was go go to Orlando and and get get the slime and get get the <clears throat> get the orange orange carpet treatment and. So that, me, I mean, that was always something as a kid I always wanted to to see. I get what you're saying. I definitely get that. Um, let me uh, let me let me tell you something that I've discovered, and uh, I think I'm minority reporting this for the record. Uh, people might really dig it. Um, I went to Universal a few years ago. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't go to Nickelodeon Studios. I again, I don't think it was there. I don't believe it was. It wasn't I don't advertised. It was. Um, so I went to Universal Studios a few years ago because as a kid I was like, this is gonna be fucking great. Like it always looks so good, it always looks so fun, and I'm like, this is gonna be fucking incredible. Universal Studios is the worst waste of money I've ever fucking done in my life. Huh. Uh, it was the worst fucking day that I have ever spent on a vacation. Uh, I I did not like any fucking bit of it. Uh, there it was unhelpful, it was unfriendly, and it was a fucking miserable cesspit of sadness. Yeah, is the best way I can describe my experience at Universal. Um, I don't think I will ever give them another chance because that's not fucking worth the money to me. Uh, the best part of Universal was the uh, the fucking city walk because I went to Bubblegum Shrimp and they had delicious food. That was it. 
Um, when I went to, <laughs> we went to Moe's Tavern to get a flaming Moe. Uh, they were fucking sold out. Uh, the bartender was an asshole. He, uh, like, again, this is Simpsons world, not Nickelodeon here, but we're in the Simpsons part of Universal. And I remember we stopped by and we waited 15 minutes before he acknowledged we existed. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, I want a Duff. I want to, I want to try a Duff. All right. Paid my $6 for a fucking shitty beer. Not a good fucking beer. I'm going to be honest here. If you're beer drinkers, I didn't expect it to be fucking grand, but it was not good. So I paid fucking $6 for a shitty beer. And then the guy, a guy comes in, sits down next to me, and he's like, oh, I'll take a duff. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're running a special for $5. You can get to keep the glass. I was like, that pissed me off. That was towards the end of our day, though. Uh, the Harry Potter world was fucking disappointing to say the least. It was very small. I don't mean the world itself area was small. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's built small. They're like, oh, we're going to build it just like England. England's for tiny fucking people because London had to cram a whole bunch of fucking houses in during the industrial revolution. And they ain't fucking had the chance to really expand since then. So they fucking build this fucking, uh, this Harry Potter world and it's cramped as shit. The food was great. Leaky cauldron was delicious. But uh, the buildings itself and everything were just fucking miserable to try to sit in and try to fucking do anything in. Right. Uh, the park, like the train was okay. It was like, it was an okay experience. Like, all right. I, I thought it was overrated. You know, you get to fucking Hogsmeade. Um, you couldn't ride any of the fucking rides. Um, I'm a big man. Like, I'm not fucking like sitting here like, hey, man, look at me. I'm the fucking obese champion of the planet. I, I'm a fucking heavyweight, though. If like, you know, I was uh, decided to get in the fucking ring, I, uh, I would be a heavyweight. Right. Um, I am by no means though. Am I, do I look like I'm going to die soon? Heavyweight? No. And I say this because I can ride rides at Cedar points and I had just come from Disney world where I was able to do everything and I'll accept every once in a while. I might run into something that maybe my fat ass can't fit in. That's okay. I under that's a, that's the world I live in because I like tacos <laughs> universal. On the other hand, I couldn't fucking ride shit. Um, I couldn't ride any of the fucking rides in the Harry Potter world. The one I actually couldn't ride because I was too fucking tall. That's so a thing? My, my torso was too long. I wanted to ride a fucking... Uh, it was a dragon ride, and you got in it. And ooh, this is for adults, for the record. Like, this isn't like... Well, again, I went Dude, to Camp you're Snoopy not, and Cedar Point. I mean, Point. you're tall, but you're not that tall. I'm not fucking tall. I'm 5'9". Five 5'10", five if I leave a convenience store where they fucking set the bar a little low. <laughs> Like, I, I'm not a tall... I'm an average height man. Right. So, I am not a tall man. I look up to a lot of fucking like, folks. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm like five, seven and a half. I look up to you a little bit. Yeah. I look up to a lot of individuals. So, fucking... I was too tall. My torso was too fucking long. So, you sat in this fucking seat, and you tried to see if you could drop the fucking thing down. And the thing would drop down, and but I couldn't fucking, like, crunch my fucking body enough to fucking latch it. <laughs> and again, it wasn't because I was too fat. It's because I was, was too, too fucking tall. And I ran into that in the Incredible Hulk ride, too. I was too fucking, I was too tall. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't ride half the fucking shit there. So that was fucking miserable. <clears throat> and I mean, nothing better than when, like, luckily I didn't go through the line. I was like, maybe we should try these things up front first. Yeah. And so we try the fucking things up front. We're like, wow, this is fucking terrible. They got like a fucking green light and the green light would say, go. Like, I sat down in the one Harry Potter ride for the mine ride. And again, too tall. My fucking knees were in my fucking throat, which again, I'm not a tall fucking dude. So like when you sit down at a fucking bench and your fucking knees are in your throat, I'm like, I dig it. If this is made for like fucking, if this kids. was made for little kids, like yeah, if it was if like the was dragon coaster at a fair, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. 
This isn't. This is fucking Universal Studios trying to make a family fun park. I fucking, I went on Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, fucking, I did everything at Disney. I got to go on the rock and roller coaster. That song bitch goes upside down. Yeah. Like, these aren't rides, like, I was trying to get on rides that didn't even go upside down. They were like, oh, shit. Like, I fucking, I could not fit on these fucking rides. We, um, we could fit on the bench seat rides. So like, you know, the kind of rides where you just sit down, it's like a long fucking bench seat and it's like right. a fucking, you know, like a, like a like trolley ride, ride and shit. And so you could do that, which I mean, there was a uh, King Kong, which was actually really cool was before the new movie came out. And that was actually, there was an animatronic at the end that was really fucking sweet. So I'll give you credit. I'll give him credit there. That was really fucking cool. And, uh, the uh, Spider-Man was like that, which if I couldn't have gone on the Spider-Man ride, I'd probably got kicked out of the fucking park. I'd have probably went ballistic on somebody. <laughs> I imagine so. Is, was that the uh, Spider-Man 3D ride where? You yeah, it's like, like yeah, you do all that cool shit and like fucking like Spider-Man rescues you and you gotta wear glass. Oh, it's fucking sweet, yeah. dude. It's fucking incredible. And uh, but uh, which you know uh, worth the price of admission though? No, and I don't think Universal is. Uh, all the shit I wanted to do, um, it was either like they had specific times for the shows. I'm like, that's cool. The park opened at like 8 a.m. and I don't understand why the first Terminator show wasn't until like 1 1 p.m. Like, so yeah, like they had a, like a Terminator studio and I was like, oh, it's at 1 p.m. And I'm like, well, why, why don't you have morning shows for Terminator? Like, do you only have enough fucking cast members to do one, one show? Like what's going on? Um, same way, like some shit was down. Like, oh, well, we just don't have well, this running. I, Cause I remember going to Universal and I, we, we had a good time at Universal, but some of the shows you had to go to like certain streets. It wasn't even in the, in the pavilions or in the, you know, in the auditoriums or anything. It was literally street shows. You had to be at certain streets at certain times to get there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I was more disappointed by the Islands of Adventure because that's where I spent more time fucking getting disappointed by how fat I was, apparently. Um, I think maybe Universal Studios, if I would have went, if I just stayed there and I would have tried to do, like, some of the show shows. Yeah. I think I would have enjoyed it. But I wanted to go ride the rides and I wanted to ride the Harry Potter rides and do the fucking Marvel shit. So for me, like, I mean, I didn't mean to fucking turn this podcast into fucking how much I hate Universal, but Universal was fucking miserable. It was the worst fucking day of my vacation. And I, it's the worst day of vacation I have ever, the second worst, I'm sorry. The for, the worst day of vacation I've ever been on was the day my grandmother passed away, which was a fucking vacation. But it's it, it. This is legitimately like a fucking. This is up there. Yeah. Of how fucking miserable I was that day. And even even I mean I know you were miserable the day your grandmother passed away, but you didn't find that out until the end of the day. You were. It was a good day until that time. Yeah, it was a great fucking day. The convention I was at was fucking fun as shit. Honestly, it just was a <clears throat> bad time. That's all. Yeah, I'm able to look back on that vacation and be like, oh man, there was like that really sucked when grandma passed away because I mean I miss my grandma dearly. Thirteen right. years later, I still miss my fucking grandmother. Um, but I'm able to look back and be like, oh, you know, at least I was with my friends and at least like what I was doing was enjoyable. Um, and don't get me wrong, like the vacation I took that and, you know, took me to Universal overall, it was an amazing vacation, but, but holy shit, that day, day, that was the last day. That was our last full day in Florida. And it was the worst fucking time you could fucking have. I think like I'd have had way more fun if I'd have went to the shitty amusement park that was across from our one hotel called the fun spot. <laughs> I think I had a way better fucking time there because Universal was fun for me, fucking garbage. 
And I remember I got back and I was I was so pissed off and I hated Universal so much. I just started making fucking memes. And if you go back on my timeline, you'll find them. I mean, shit like fucking Simba sitting there with like Mufasa. Uh huh. And it's like you know, what is that dark place over there? That's Universal. We don't talk about that. Yeah, it's like you know, I remember this, that one. You know, everything the light touches. You know, that's Orlando and it's fun and it's enjoyable and it's things you can have enjoy doing. What's that dark place over there? That's Universal, son. You shall never go there. <laughs> Because, like, Disney's fucking phenomenal. And I know some people are like, fuck Disney World. I'm like, fuck you, man. Disney World's fucking awesome. Now they got Star Wars there, too. Yep. Fuck yes. And they, they're probably going to be putting Marvel in there soon enough. Uh, that will probably never happen because of Universal. So they've got the deal with Universal. Uh, Universal, it keeps all the Marvel shit. I th- and they, There's something, the way the deal's structured, they keep Marvel uh, east of the Mississippi. And then west of the Mississippi, Disney could have sold more shit or uh, Marvel could have sold like the rights to do shit with it. So like Disneyland, you're probably going to see more. The The way the deal is structured, though, like there's characters and shit that like they're not able to do in fucking in Disney. Yeah. Supposedly there's a change and they're able to do like I think they're putting like a Guardians of the Galaxy thing or something like that in or something like that in world. But like the odd, I, I think the odds of like ever seeing like a fucking uh, the X-Men over there fucking aren't going to happen, which I'm, I'm going to admit those were actually really fun. Uh, they had actors and fucking yeah, X-Men. They, and, uh, I, you I know, remember like seeing that was those cool. too. Because the, the, we went up and like, I remember I was like 15 at the time. We got a picture with Wolverine and without even saying anything, he grabs the back of my shirt, puts the claws up to my neck and takes the picture. Like that, like he was in character, and it was really cool that they, the the X Men were in character. Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed that. You know, there was like uh, there was Rogue and Storm and Cap Cyclops and and... were out. Um, I didn't get a picture with Spider Man because he cost money because like people like Spider Man. Um, Captain America was really fucking cool. I got to hold his shield, and that was really nifty. Yeah. He's like, you want to hold? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Um, and then there's a picture of me kneeling in front of Doom, which is nice. also awesome. So like I like I said like there were cool parts and like the Marvel part of Universal was really cool like the best honestly the best fucking part of Universal was there was a shitty arcade in Marvel Land and like we had the most fun there yeah like that was the best part of Universal because the rest of it was just such a fucking letdown and maybe it's because like I built it up in my head because I was you know as a kid I was like oh my god Universal Studios it's gonna be fucking awesome but it was it was not fucking awesome it was nowhere close to fucking awesome. And it, uh, it made me want to apologize to an old teacher because when I was in high school, we went to Disney and we were going to go to Universal, but the teacher was like, fuck that. I think Universal's terrible. We're going to go to the beach instead. And so we went to the beach instead of like Universal after we were done at Disney. So it's like four days in Disney and then two days at a beach instead of Universal Studios. And at the time I was like, fuck you, you're fucking wrong. I bet you Universal's great. And uh, she was not wrong. She right. she made the right fucking call. I got to spend two days at a tiki bar. I mean, I was in high school, so I wasn't getting fucking like lit. But I still got to spend two days at a fucking tiki bar and hog roast instead of fucking Universal, which is again the unhappiest place on earth. I think <laughs> so. Conveniently located next to the happiest place on earth. Right. So yeah, man, fuck Universal. Like I had such a fucking bad time there. Yeah. I I oh my god, dude. You can, I can keep going. I really could keep going about how much I fucking hated that day. Like, it was just terrible service, too. Like, some people, like, Captain America was cool. Like, some of the actors were cool, but all the fucking staff I interacted with that entire fucking day were fucking terrible. They were just fucking terrible people. It took 45 minutes to get through the fucking turnstile. I wasn't very fucking far away. My basement isn't very big commandos. My basement's maybe fucking max 20 feet and the end. 
Like, you know, I don't have a big fucking place here. Right. Fucking, it took 45 fucking minutes to get from fucking, to get 20 fucking feet and get through the goddamn turnstile to get in. And I mean, this wasn't a busy fucking day. We went in January of that year, January of 2017. It was slow as shit. And it was just, fu- oh my God, dude. It, fuck Universal, man. I yep. hated that play. I don't want to go back. Fuck that, man. Let's talk about some other fun Let's shit. Let's talk about some other fun shit. We got some other good shit in the news, right? Like uh, Marvel United. Yeah, Marvel United looks really cool. Uh, that's going to be a Seamon Spin Master uh, co-op game. Uh, we don't know much about it. Seamon uh, has a game. I'm sorry. Come on. That's come what on. they want to be called now. Come on. Come on. I mean, that's how I read it. Honestly, that's how I read it. I was like... Yeah, well, that's good. That's how they want you to read it. Simon uh, used to be called Cool Mini or Not. Like, that's the yeah. title they came with. And if you look at my original Zombicide, that was the title on the box. Uh, so then they started going by Simon, and now it's fucking come on. Um, however you want to fucking say it, they have a game called... Uh, oh, shit. I lost the title of the game. Uh, Arcadia Quest. Sorry. It's called Arcadia Quest. It's a chibi game. Uh-huh. It's a uh, dungeon crawly kind of like uh, like adventure in that aspect, but it's a uh, it's a chibi game. It's very much a chibi. And Marvel United is going to follow in that same thing. Uh, it looks like they teamed up with Spin Master, which I don't think Spin Master technically owns the rights to Marvel because Fantasy Flight's putting out a Marvel game. So I don't know who. Maybe I, I don't know how the rights are working or who owns the rights or why. Come on's working with Spin Master, but they're teaming up and they're going to make an Arcadia style game. It looks like. And it looks really fun. We don't know much about it other than the fact that like there's a Chibi Hulk who looks fucking adorable. Oh yeah, the uh, and the the Chibi Cap and Iron Man <clears throat> look like they're ready to battle in a pillow fight. It's uh, it's adorable. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one. That that looks like a cool. So one. So as we find out more about that one, we'll uh, definitely announce it. Uh, it'll be a Kickstarter, and I think we'll probably see it midway through this year. Meaning we might see it come out next, next year. year. Maybe we'll see some prototypes and shit at Gen Con. I'm hoping for that. That'd be cool. But we'll find out. Uh, some other shit we got. AEW. Uh, AEW gets uh, AEW Dark gets a new light. So they they are making a uh, AEW Dark, which is their YouTube show. They're going to turn it into a secondary show on TNT. Um, to and that's not going to happen right away. But they're they're also talking about how you know they'll they'll add like character backgrounds or or performer backgrounds, and then they'll you know they'll be able to add cuts and stuff into it. And the, the After Dark show is mostly just wrestling on YouTube, and they said they're going to leave some of it on, on YouTube to, you know, not completely sever that connection. But Trying to make all of that fucking cable network money. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing. All right, good for them, but good for it, them. They're, they're doing well enough that they also got a, uh, a new deal with TNT. They, they're going to run through 2023. So uh, everyone, this was kind of a, a one-year deal to see how they did, and if they did well, they would they would progress it. But yeah, so they they believe they're doing well enough that they they've gotten a longer uh, longer t- television deal with TNT. Man, WWE better watch out. AEW is coming for them. Mm, that they are. Uh, let's see some quick news tidbits here. Uh, Disney's gonna open up a new space restaurant, which I think looks really cool. Talking yeah. about Disney. And, you know, Orlando, uh, it's going to go in the Epcot Center, which looks really cool. Uh, it's going to be it's going to shoot you into space and you're going to be able to kind of like look. It's going to be all like viewports and shit. So I threw that in there just because I was like, man, that looks really fucking nifty. It does. Uh, you know, it makes me really want to go to fucking Disney World. I want to say Parker. It is is the elevator up to it is supposed to like actually <clears> shoot. <throat> feel like you're shooting into the atmosphere. Yeah, like I can't imagine. It's going to be next to the Mission Space uh, Center in Disney World. And so it sounds like they maybe just add on to that building. I don't know. 
But it's like it's gonna be like you go into a space center and like it's gonna either feel like it's like moving kind of like Space Needle or mm. maybe it is. I don't know. But it looks like it's gonna be really cool. They're doing the same thing kind of concept with the Star uh, the Star Wars hotel and the fact that like when you go in, you're just gonna be no windows. Everything's gonna be fucking uh, you know it's gonna be computer screens. So everything's gonna be digitally added. So like when you look out a window, quote unquote. You're looking into space and that's going to be kind of what they're doing there. So it looks like they're really doubling down on this idea to set these immersive kind of these immersive experiences for you. And Disney is great about doing the immersive experience for people because they were the ones that that started the um, the 4D rides where you would go in and you would actually get like stitch stomping on your on your shoulders and then he would burp in your face and you would smell onions and chili dogs like Disney is great about doing the immersive uh the immersive experience. Oh, definitely. And I, so I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Um, and it makes me wonder like, if it's going to be one of those things that will only live in Disney parks or if it'll be successful and start moving outside the parks. Cause that would be cool too. So it'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, unfortunately got some sad news. Uh, Watchmen's watch has ended. Yeah. Uh, Lindelof said that he does not have another story in him. I think they'll keep the door open. Uh, HBO, uh, you know, Deadwood's a great example of something, you know, fucking forever ago. And they were like, yeah, we'll do a movie. Let's do it. So if he comes up with something, maybe they'll do another Watchmen series. Uh, And maybe if someone else comes up with an idea that Lindelof can get behind, he'll help. But it looks like uh, like they don't want to do anything with. Yep. At least in some some capacity. Yeah, they want him. uh, And I don't blame them because uh, Lindelof definitely did something incredible with that. I don't know what his next concept's going to be. I don't know what his next idea is. I don't know if he knows what his next idea is at the point. At this point, I'm sure he's got something that he they just haven't announced. But if I was HBO, I would I would sign whatever the fuck he wants if it's a right. TV show because talk about your shows you want a uh, revival or another another season of. Right? Yeah, I mean, man, in a weird way though, like watch the way Watchmen went. Those nine episodes, man, they're perfect. Yeah, they're fucking perfect, dude. Like that. Oh man, it was good. It was good. There was no fucking fat to that series. There was no fucking fat to that series. I I think. So I uh, you that's one you got to check out. That's I absolutely got to check out, and I will at some point. I'm sure. Uh, let's see. In exciting news for TV uh, fans, though, you know, maybe not so much revival wise. Uh, it looks like Spider Man's making a deal with the devil. So no, I don't mean another fucking Mephisto deal that takes away a marriage. I mean that for Spider-Man three, it looks like they're gonna bring Charlie Cox in. That is awesome. So, Charlie Cox could possibly be his uh, his lawyer. Yeah, it looks like there's gonna be some sort of legal drama, and there was an option. They were debating between Jennifer Walters and uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie, Cox. Charlie Cox. I was like, yeah. I was losing it. So uh, Matt Murdock and you know Jen or Matt, who they wanted to go with, and we talked a little bit before about you know we'd want She-Hulk and uh, Murdock to fucking fight each other because we right. think that'd be great. Uh, but it looks like they're going to go with Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. So they want to see, they want to bring him back in and they want to maybe make him a side character in other series as well. So it looks like, honestly, with the exception of the guy who played Danny Rand in the Iron Fist series, it looks like all of the, uh, like Marvel wants to keep Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. They want to keep all of those characters Which, and bring them in, fold them into honest, it. Of all the characters that, that the Marvel TV series had, Danny Rand was the worst. Yeah, I, uh, I actually didn't watch Iron Fist, so I can't really say much about it. I watched the first season. It was. It didn't look good. It was bad. I know in the second season, he's able to Iron Fist all over the place. Yeah. But uh, Iron Fist without the Iron Fist is kind of shitty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was very bad. And the the actor, I, I mean, we talked a little bit about bad acting earlier. It was bad acting. Like, it was, it was terrible. 
I, I like Luke Cage. I like Jessica Jones. Oh, Jones. I love Luke Cage. So, like, I love those even, actors. Even the, the little bit that there was, like, one or two episodes where Danny Rand showed up as, and, you know, they started doing a Heroes for Hire in Luke Cage. It, was, it wasn't bad, but his acting was just awful. Even yeah. in that, his acting was <clears throat> terrible. I think with Shang-Chi especially, they're probably going to want to bring out a new Danny Rand. Yeah. But I would, uh, I'm very happy. If they want to try to fold these guys into the Marvel Universe somewhere, make them that, like, street-level hero maybe. Maybe we'll see something that pops up. Uh, you know, Moon Knight, I think, would be a great example of, like, maybe you'd see some of these characters pop up. And, uh, and I think, like, Spider-Man is a great... Because Spider-Man and Daredevil do shit together all mm-hmm. the time because they're that street-level hero. Um, and, and, like, that's a great place to, to put uh, Matt Murdock. That's a great place to put Daredevil is in the Spider-Man movie. I Yeah, I definitely think. If you're going to bring it in, I don't think Daredevil needs a movie yet. Uh-huh. I don't think he needs another TV series yet. But, like, bring those guys in. If you're going to bring John Bernthal in as Punisher, which, like, supposedly they want to, like, bring all those, like, bring those supporting actors in because I really like the chemistry they've set up in those universes. Right. Like, so I'm very excited of, uh, with the idea that maybe they're going to bring Charlie Cox back. Um, and it's the same source that said that they're eyeing Dan Radcliffe for Moon Knight. So, and it's a very, he's a very accurate source. So I'm really yeah. hoping that he's right there, especially because <coughs> it'd be nice to see it. Like, Mur- I think Matt Murdock has a great place. If they're gonna send him to trial, like, fucking Matt Murdock has an amazing place to be a superhero oh, fucking absolutely. defense lawyer. And he, I think, I think more so than Jennifer Walters, because I don't get me wrong, I love She-Hulk. She's a great character, but Daredevil is a great character as Matt Murdock. Jen Walters is kind of is one of those where you go, okay, you're you're a lawyer, great. But you see a lot in the comics that Well she also got her own T V series already yes. too. So it's like that's someone like bring Matt Murdock in. You've already established him in the MCU. Now you can use some of that credibility, of course, whenever you're doing the fucking She-Hulk series. Right. So, like, she can be across from fucking Matt Murdock. She can fucking talk to him. Maybe they work for the same agency, they're going for the same clients, or they're against one another in the in a court battle. And that and that's the battle I want to see, is Jen Walters versus Matt Murdock. I'd be in, man. I'd watch the shit out of that. But I think, I think Matt Murdock is probably the better choice of lawyers in the MCU. <coughs> for, for, at least for Spider-Man. I'm uh, definitely interested. Um, and Yeah, so uh, check those out. We'll get some more information, hopefully, in the near future for those. And then finally, uh, you have not seen the Morbius trailer I yet. I have not seen it yet, no. Oh, you're missing out, man. It's actually it's a pretty good trailer. It made me went, go from, why would the fuck would you make a Morbius movie, to, all right, I think I might watch a Morbius movie. Uh, the big issue I still have with it is uh, just the fact that I don't think it needs to exist. I don't... Yeah. I'm not... It's kind of like when they made Joker, and I'm like, I don't really, not in that same vein where it's like, I just, I, I don't need these villains to have their own fucking movies. These villains can be self-contained in a hero story. I don't always want to see it. So like, Morbius is going to be this weird fucking anti-hero thing. It looks like they try to do. Uh, there's some, there's definitely MCU cameos though. Like, there's a big poster of Spider-Man in the back, and someone who graffitis murderer over it. Yeah. And then Michael Keaton pops up in the trailer. So it's like it looks like Michael Keaton is Vulture because it looks like he's wearing the same prison outfit that he is when he's talking to Jared Leto's uh, fucking Morbius. That's, and honestly, that's probably the biggest problem I have is Leto playing this character. Just because I'm not a fan of Leto's acting. Uh, I don't have an issue with Leto's acting. Uh, it it already looks like it's going to be the same case of a hero going from fucking one one book to the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, uh, Deadpool, yay. 
Uh, it looks very similar to that aspect, you know. It's like fucking Ben Affleck, Daredevil, eh, to Batman. Yay! I like Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, you like, know some what? I shit like on Ben it, Affleck's like... Daredevil too. I think the the writing for that movie wasn't great, but the the there are a lot his of problems act... with that movie. Was, I, I don't think it was Ben was Affleck's fault. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I'm not yeah. sitting here like Ben Affleck's the fucking but ben, problem. Ben, a- ben Affleck as Daredevil, I actually really liked. I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Daredevil. I really enjoyed him as Batman. I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Daredevil. So, you know, it looks like it's going to continue that tradition. The guy's going to jump from DC over to Marvel. Yeah. And I think Jared Leto looks like he's got a better part to play than he had before. I am uh, I mean, he was a terrible Joker. I fucking hated that Joker. Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking take Joaquin Phoenix's Joker over that shit. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I'm i intrigued to see where we're going to go with it, though. I definitely recommend checking out the trailer, seeing it. I don't want to spoil it too much because it's kind of fun to watch the first time. Uh, he's got some fucking Nightcrawler action going on where it's oh, like yeah? he's just kind of morphing. Uh, it's not going to go with the old uh, Spider-Man from like the fucking uh, Saturday morning cartoon where he has to have fucking suckers and suck plasma, it looks like. Hmm. Looks like he's definitely going to be allowed to be a fucking vampire, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it looks like it could be a horror movie. Kind of in the same vein. I don't know if you've seen the New Mutants trailer yet or not. but I, I don't know that I have. Man, you got to catch up on these trailers too, yeah, bro. Yeah, I do. Uh, New Mutants is going to be a horror movie, which might be set in the MCU. I don't know yet. They said they didn't reshoot it, though, so who knows how the fuck they're going to work. But it's got, you know, fucking, it's New Mutants. I'm in, man. It's Wolf Spade and fucking Magic. So I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this. I'm de- yeah, I love I, I love a lot of the New Mutants characters anyway. So, yeah, I'm down to I'm down to watch the New Mutants movie. Yeah, man, that's coming out in April. I think Morbius comes out at the end of this year. Uh, New Mutants is coming out in April. Fuck, man, we got a bunch of fucking comic book movies to get out to the theaters. Yep. So based on your fucking Star, Bo- uh, Star Wars paths, though, man, I don't know when you're going to get out to these movies. I, you know, I, I have always tried to make time to get out to at least the uh, Marvel movies. The Star Wars movies, not so much, but the Marvel movies, I have always at least tried to get out and see in theaters. Well, that's good then. So, April, man, I think that's the next one you got to worry about. Morbius is coming on July, it looks like. Uh, let's see, man. That's the news. Yeah, that's You got news. anything else? Uh, not to my knowledge. All right, man. We news hounded the shit out of that then. Yeah, we had a lot of news this week. I, uh, man, discussion wise, I got two topics here. Uh, I think one's better than the other. I think uh, I think going with the second topic, man. Yeah. A little hobby fandom burnout. Yeah. Like, we can talk about cutting the cord and shit like that later, the streaming wars. But uh, I think a big one is, like, ho- just hobby and fandom burnout. Sure. And I, I think uh, the best one I've got right now is just comic books in general. Uh, past few years, I haven't been buying comic books. Um, I Part of it was a financial choice. Part of it was because I wasn't reading them. And I wasn't keeping up with them to begin with, so putting the money into them didn't make sense. Dude, I um, I actually I am on board one hundred percent. So when I thought of this fucking this topic, it was kind of in that aspect. It was there's things I really enjoy and things I fucking I, I used to fucking love, and I'd be like, yeah, it's like going to the comic shop and getting my comics, and I still enjoy that experience. But to an extent, I'm like, I don't, I just don't sit there and read it as much. Like I read right. my Spider Man. And, uh, like, but the books that I'm fucking jazzed about, Undiscovered Country and Far Sector. Yeah. Like, that's it. I, I, if I just got two books and I spent six bucks a month, I'd be happy. And I just, I'm, I just feel so burned out on comics right now. Just well, so and like, I, think, uh, I think, too, you also have, you know, in the last two years, <laughs> you've had a kid, and that's taken up a lot of your reading time. Oh, definitely in that aspect. So, so <laughs> to be able to sit down and read, you're going to want to read something that you truly and absolutely enjoy. You're not going to want to sit down and read something that feels like a chore to read to get to the next issue. Uh, it does feel like that for a lot of fucking books nowadays. But at the same time, though, I mean, it's like, what, you know, what's that say? It's like, it's something I used to love, and it's a hobby. 
So it's like, and you know, for you too, like, you know, like, oh man, I love comics, but I don't really like comics right now. Well, it's like, cause it just feels like burnout. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm I doing think, the same thing. And I'm like, Ugh. I think it says a lot about who we are as people. Cause as a person, I think we need to, we need to balance. We mm-hmm. need to balance from thing to thing to thing to find, you know, A, you're not going to like the same thing forever. B, there are new experiences out there that you, you, can really dig into and enjoy and see sometimes you need that break to remind you how much you love something well i mean i don't know is that is it so necessarily true though that i'm not gonna like the same thing forever like i fucking i, I love mechs okay so like you know i'm always about mechs like let's do i'm fucking i'm diving deeper into the mech hobby right now and that and that's that's great but i'm not and i'm not saying you won't like it but maybe maybe it's not so much that you dislike it but it changes your your you know you your love of the mechs has now become a love of the mech models that you can you can build and put together oh i love it all still (laughs) Uh, every bit of it every fucking bit of the mech hobby but it it is is evolved into the into that a little bit uh and And i definitely like it i mean it's taking it further i think i mean it's like i'm putting a ring on it i'm like let's fucking go farther let's do some gumpling now baby right so so maybe maybe that's where we're getting burnout is it's the same exact thing week in and week out and it's just it's not it's not so much that it's the same thing but it's just it's not new it's not different it's not you know a lot of the stories are getting rehashed and reused maybe that's why we're getting burned out on the comic books and why we need to take a break because you know i mean we've talked before about how every company wants to put out <coughs> you know they want to put out 30 different events a year oh yeah very true there's definitely event fatigue yeah there's definitely event fatigue which is i started getting that a couple of years ago around i want to say it was uh it was the dc um right before right before the the new 52 right before new 52 or you mean uh like flashpoint was right before new 52 no not not flash okay are you talking convergence convergence okay oh man that was midway through that was almost the end of new 52 okay that's four that is legit (laughs) it's 40 issues in yeah legit okay so legit the end of new 52 but that's where i started getting a lot of my burnout is because that's where you know all all you want to put out is events when is it no longer an event is just a short story or a long story i mean i think what you're saying there uh convergence especially was one that i was like fucking shit this is bad there i I, there were because marvel put out the kind of at the same time they they had their two three issue minis four issue minis as and convergence put out and i know you got all the marvel books that that they were putting out at that time uh yeah i got all of convergence and all of uh secret wars happened right after yes. convergence so secret wars and we had talked about this before you and i secret wars out of every 10 books they put out maybe there was one you didn't like yeah i really like secret wars i was really out of, out of every event. 20 there was probably definitely one you didn't like but out of every 10 there was maybe one you didn't like Maybe yeah, I really like Secret Wars. Actually, that's one of my favorite fucking events to have ever happened. Right. So with DC Convergence, every DC Convergence, oh, I did there not. Was oh maybe, my god, there was maybe one you one or two that you actually enjoyed in DC Convergence. Well, DC in Convergence all of was DC Convergence. forty books, all forty two parters, and then I think an eight issue. Yep. Because I think it was a weekly. I think there was a weekly, which was the Convergence main storyline. And then I think it was fucking was ten other books every week. Yep. And I I fucking hated Convergence. It was so bad. It was such a waste of my fucking money. 
Jesus. There, were, there was very few that were you were like, oh, this is actually an enjoyable story. I didn't fucking find one, honestly. But that's what I mean. Like, when do you start putting out books and going, okay, we're just putting out to put out, or we're gonna actually put out decent? Like, maybe I can see stuff. the beginning of it there, but it's like I don't know. I have a hard time blaming Convergence because I'm still buying comics. Like, I mean, Convergence was in like 2015 at this point. Uh, don't like I said, Convergence was probably the start for me. Was where I started going. I, I need to. I need to get away. Mm. And then a couple about two years later is when I finally finally cut the cord because I again it was financial a lot of financial for me. So I was I was spending maybe thirty to forty dollars a week and I just didn't really have that, and I didn't feel like cutting back. So I cut it completely. Is that really hobby burnout, or is that really a necessity? Like, I'm in the it situation where it's like I can afford it. I just don't want to do it anymore. It, for me, it was both because I could afford to cut back to maybe half of what I was getting. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to because I wasn't reading it. I so, and that's why I went. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut it off because I wasn't reading it anyways. I dig that. I dig that. You know, like I said, I just I'm just I'm not like yeah. I'm just not into it. I'm just my heart's not there anymore. And it's like, maybe I just read too much. Maybe I read, like, I mean, there was a point I was reading, God, I was probably reading 80 fucking titles a month easy. Oh, absolutely. Like, when I was working the end of Heroic, man, I was I was probably, I was reading so much of the shit that came out. I was reading a lot of it, too. That uh, now I'm just like, eh, I don't really fucking care anymore. And I mean, that's definitely how I feel right now, and it's kind of a bummer, because I'm like, oh, I love comics, but I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to read comics. But how many how many of the, the when, we, when you worked uh, Heroic, and I would be in there every day you worked pretty much anyways... How many of the the older customers were like, yeah, you know, I, I walked away for, for 10, 15 years, and then I came back, and it was like coming back to an old friend. Yeah, but it was a lot of people who said, you know, oh, I walked away from comics in, like, the fucking 90s when weird shit got weird. There's clone sagas happening, and fucking comics had the crash. I mean, you know, it's like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, we're at this point, I mean, there's so many fucking comics. I don't, I don't know if this is the gold. This is definitely not the golden age of comics. But like we're watching, like we're just reading and enjoying comic books. There's so much more to fucking out there. I mean, you know, it's like, am I not? Am I just because I'm not enjoying the big two publishers? Maybe there's something from, uh, you know, an image that I would really enjoy. Yeah. Things like that. Because I mean, there's still I'm getting such fuck. I got such pleasure reading the Unnatural series, and Undiscovered Country is really fun too. So it's like, mm, you know, I don't know, man. Like, is that where the burnout is? Because I don't know. Like, I, there's definitely comic burn burnout for me. Sure. And it's like, you know, and what does that say about the hobby in general? Like, all right, cool. I'm burned down on it. Now. I'm like, uh, like maybe I'll go back to it. Cause there are people that do that. And I mean, the biggest, exa- like the biggest other example I can say in my life was I quit watching anime probably 2011, like between 2009 and 2011, I really petered off and like quit right, watching right anime. around when you went to college. Uh, well, I went to college in seven and okay. I, I actually still watched a, a very large amount of anime. Okay. <laughs> my freshman year and my sophomore year. I watched quite I, I, I watched forget, you actually a, graduated three years ahead of me, not two, even though you're only two years old. Yeah, I graduated in seven. So I, uh, yeah, when I got to Marietta in the fall of 2007, I, uh, I watched a plethora of anime. Uh, that's how I made some friends, actually. It's because I had a very large anime collection, a very large manga collection. I was like, oh, yeah, you guys fucking borrow some shit. Let's make fucking friends. Let's talk. So, uh, no, it was like 2009, though. I started like, yeah, I started petering off. And then 2011, I was pretty much done. I didn't come back to it. I didn't come back into the fold until uh, probably 2016-ish. Uh, Noel had never seen Cowboy Bebop, and I felt that was a travesty. Oh, yeah, Because absolutely. Cowboy Bebop's fucking phenomenal. And Cow- a Cowboy Bebop is amazing. Mm, it sometimes it amazes me when I'm like, oh, Squiggles actually is on the same page. Sometimes I just want to know about your uh, your fucking movie list. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop is one 
I've actually got it, I think, on my Amazon like wish list, the, the entire series. Cowboy Bebop is one that I sat down and I watched, I think, three times back to back. I watched, I, I watched it a few. Yeah, I, I watched it. But a I mean, few. like, I watched, I, I started it, I watched it, I started it again. Like, I watched that like three times back to back. I love it. I with my hero over the last year. <laughs> no, I dig it, man, because Cowboy Bebop's so fucking good. And because Noelle had never seen Cowboy Bebop, I was like, shit, man, she's got to fucking see, like, what Spike and the fucking crew are doing. Right. So we uh, we watched we watched Bebop, and uh, at that point, I got the Funimation app, and I just started using I started watching more and more, and I just kind of just dove back into the fucking hobby a little bit. I started finding more things to watch. Uh, I found, like, My Hero. You know, I really enjoyed that. I, I started watching One Piece again. I got back into that. Started watching Naruto again. You know, it's like I just... And so I just slowly kind of got myself back into the fucking hobby. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, man, let me tell you about the fucking newest shit that's happening in Japan right, again. And on, honestly, that's kind of how... You kind of got me into into watching anime a little bit because you would be watching something, uh, you know, when you were working midnight, you'd be watching something. I'd wake up and it'd be on. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. And I think it might have been Naruto that you were like, how have you never seen this? How have you seriously never seen this? And I was like... Just never sat down and watched it. Ah, did I watch Naruto when you were around? I don't uh, remember that. You definitely did for a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know how long it continued. But. I'm just trying to think. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, you never seen fucking Naruto before? I mean, that's fucking crazy. That's just celebrating. I knew what like it 20th. was. I just never. Well, I just mean, it. it's like it's like celebrating its like 20th fucking anniversary this year, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, man. You hadn't seen that shit. Because, I mean, you know, you fucking go on. I'll show you all kinds of shit, man. You want to go back to the 90s? I'll show you some fucking crazy shit. Got all, oh, man. I got Berserk's a great one you should check out. Original Berserk. I don't really like the CG movies they just came out with. Uh, Bastard's a fun one. That's only six episodes, but man, fucking D. Oh my god, dude, it's so good. It's so fucking fun. But see, and that's what I mean. Like, it, it's it, the the hobby itself has evolved. So the hobby of, of your you know your mechs have evolved. The hobby of of D and D for me has evolved a little bit now because I'm starting to get the figures. I want to paint the figures. I want to put them together. The the hobby itself has to evolve a little bit before you can go okay i'm you know because you you just get tired of doing the exact same thing all the time you get tired of reading 80 books at a time you get tired of of the of having to pick like that was a big thing for me i didn't want to read any of the batman stuff even though i love batman because you needed seven or eight books to get one full story i don't like batman so <laughs> but you know another what I mean? unpopular like, opinion commandos i'm wait, a big I'm, batman fan you 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 faced it with green lantern like there were green lantern books that you were picking up just for events or just for crossover stuff i really liked all those though i was mad that they cut all my green lantern books <laughs> like that was the difference because like godhead was a fucking like five fucking uh five act fucking series that took place over each book and yeah. i like i missed I got mad at Green Lantern when they cut fucking Red, Red Lanterns, Lanterns. Uh, New Guardians, Green Lantern Corps. I got mad that they cut those books. Yeah. Like, I like, and I mean, I like the Green Lantern book as well, but like, I loved those side books. So it's like, it wasn't that there was too much there. I was like, I loved what I was getting. I was getting my Kyle Rayner story. I was getting my fucking Guy Gardner. I was getting like each fucking main Earth Lantern I was getting a story for. Right. Like I could like, oh, cool. This is what's happening over here. Oh, cool. This is what's happening over here. And then like after they cut those after Convergence, I was like, well, fuck you, man. Yeah. Because like then it just was Green Lantern. I was like, all right, cool. And like I didn't get anything else for those characters. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a bummer, actually. A lot, I mean, like a lot of going on Green Lantern, a lot of people say how Jordan was the best, best Green Lantern. Well, like those of us that grew up in the 90s reading those books 
grew up with Kyle. Um, I mean, I think I think Kyle's better than Kyle. He he probably is. I wouldn't disagree. But there there's I mean, you just you grow up with certain characters. Like a lot of people grew up with with Wally West as the Flash. A lot of people grew up with Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. I grew up with Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. Um, I mean, we're getting getting away from the fucking burnout idea. Like, you want to talk Green Lantern? I'll talk Green Lantern, right? The shit out of that. Um, no, I think, yeah, there's definitely there's a Lantern for everybody. Uh, but I mean, I don't think like Lantern fans like we will argue like who we who's our favorite. But I think I mean at the end of the day, Hal Jordan always has to be the main Lantern. Yeah. Like I mean, you you know people might like Kyle. People like I love Guy. Guy's my favorite yeah. Lantern. Guy's uh, awesome. John Stewart's a great fucking Lantern option. I'm glad that's who they chose for like the Justice League cartoon you know, 20 fucking years ago when they came out. But at the end of the day, it's like Hal Jordan's always that green. He's always the green lantern at the end. He's always the one that's going to fucking lead the fight. He's always that way. And I think, I think like any green lantern fan really should be able to be like, Oh yeah. Like you look at that and like, yeah, Hal Jordan's the fucking leader. He's the chosen one. Right. Like, so it's, I don't know, man. I mean, like you can, like you can be your favorite. could be whoever, kind of like a lot of people with Doctor Who like they come in it's like oh the Doctor I came in on it's my favorite mm-hmm. like you know Chris Eccleston's my favorite Doctor like I love David Tennant's well. Doctor but Chris is my you know Chris is the one I really love uh, David Tennant I think is Noel's favorite Doctor you know it's like some people came in and like oh Matt Smith's my guy and I mean I don't know I'm sure there's Capaldi's and I'm sure there's I don't know the uh, the lady playing him now I'm sorry uh, Ju- Judith I can't remember her don't name. fucking know I haven't watched Doctor Who since uh, uh, la, 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 la. I think Clara started like when she started being the companion and it was nothing against her. I just, I kind of got burned out on who and that was another thing. Like talking about burnout. I was like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was a lot of the same, man. It's like, I did this adventure and it goes back to what I said earlier. It's hard to do sci-fi. Stephen yeah. Moffat sci-fi. Like I was really starting to get burned out with the uh, Matt Smith stuff. Cause I was like, I really couldn't care about the ponds. Everybody Dude, fucking loved the ponds. I'm I right there with the you. I hated the ponds. They are probably my least favorite companions. Yeah, I don't think they're that bad, but I just, I didn't dig them, man. Like, I was like, oh, whatever. I'm done with you guys. Like, I would say probably out of New Who, they're my least favorite. At least that I watched. Because, again, I didn't watch Clara. And I didn't watch uh, some of the other. I don't know who else Peter Capaldi might have out, hung out with. And I have no fucking idea who the fucking companions are now. She got companions. I don't know. But I, uh, yeah, like the ponds for me, I was like, man, fuck this shit. I was like, I want to go back to, like, fucking Donna. Like, I like Donna. She oh, was yeah, cool. Donna was amazing. Yeah, Donna was fucking, incredible. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like Martha. Martha was my favorite companion. Yeah, like, Martha's cool. Martha, Martha Martha, and Donna were great because they gave the Doctor shit. Like, they would actually come back at him with stuff that, like, you're doing this and you're doing it wrong. Well, it's always good to give the Doctor friends, I think. Like, anytime they give him a love interest. Like, I didn't like the Rose aspect for that. I, like, I liked Rose, but I didn't dude, like the fucking love interest. we are on the same page on the who, who's... But yeah, no, it's like, so I just started getting burned out on who, like, I didn't like the pawns and I was like, uh, and I just, I felt like it was the same. So I'm like, all right, whatever. All right, whatever. All right, whatever. Well, the interesting so thing like, was, because you didn't watch the Clara stuff, Clara was a little bit of a love interest for Matt Smith, but a companion, a, a friend for Peter Capaldi. And it was an interesting transition, but it was just like her stuff with, with Matt Smith was okay. Her stuff with Peter Capaldi was better. That's all the fucking opposite of how fucking Rose went. Yep. She was like a friend with Chris and then fucking loved David. But <clears throat> like, I was like watching Doctor Who and I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm starting to get burned out. And I mean, I did the same thing with Walking Dead. I was like, all right, like eventually you just get to the point. Cause I can't really just des- like, for me, I can't really describe burnout. Like I can be like, eh, I'm less interested. Like, obviously like the symptoms are, you know, I just, I fucking don't care. It's almost like fucking serious depression. You know, it's like, right. ah, fuck it, whatever. I don't fucking care. 
Like, you know, you know, I knew I'm burned out when I start getting shit building up in my DVR. When I start like, all right, this is out. I don't fucking care. Maybe I'll watch it. That's when I can. That's when I'm like, I really don't care. Like when I let three episodes build up in a fucking backlog, I'm like, I'm done with this right now. Like Walking Dead, I I felt the same way about Doctor Who. I felt that way about. And it's like the problem. The thing is, like, I mean, what's that say about my fandom for it, though? Like, what's that say about like we love like, uh, you know, all right, cool. Like, I was like, yeah, Walking Dead. Like, I read the comics through the end. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the shit out of that. I just, the, TV, the TV series, I was like, meh. The TV series did start to drag, though. So, I feel like I could be like, oh, a big, you know, but it's like, what can I, well, you know, what do I say about my fandom there? It's like, oh, yeah, do I like Doctor Who still? I mean, I like old Doctor Who, I guess. I like old new Who. <laughs> Uh, like, I don't I mean, know. What do I say now? Like, you know, am, you know, what do I say about that? The same way it's like, you know, I love comics. Well, do I love comics now? I don't know. Like, I'm not reading them. Like, am I, you know, am I a comic collector or was I a comic collector who just has a fucking comic collection? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's one of the things when it comes to burnout for me. Like, I don't really think we're getting to the bottom of this topic, unfortunately. I don't think we're going to either. But, but I definitely like, you know, it's like at the end of the day, it's like, what do I don't know how to classify like what I'm into and what I like now? It's like, I mean, I know what I like. I like board games. I like, you know, I like fucking Star Wars. I like this shit. What what about the things that I just don't do that I still I used to like? Like, I could still read a com- I could still read a Spider-Man comic and enjoy it. But like, you know, am I a comic collector anymore? Am I am I into comics now? Or was I I wasn't in the comics? Like, what do I tell Parker? Like, you know, oh, what do you like, Dad? Well, I liked comic books or, you know, I like comic books. Like, where where's the fucking, you know, where's the tense going to be for that now? I think part of it, too, is, is you know, especially explaining to like Parker in a, in a year or two when he starts to ask you stuff like that. It's going to be, what do you like? right now like what do you, i mean you love board games you can come down here and see you love your board games well i mean he'll legitimately come down here though and say i love comic books because here's the thing at the end of the day even though i'm done collecting i if i'm done reading comics i still want to buy spider-man action figures i'll still like oh shit i want to go see the marvel movies yeah but it's like where you know where am i in that fandom now like where we am i in that fucking and i i've never judged the fans who are like i only watch the movies but it's like am i that fan now who's like i only watch the movies right you know, so it's like, where am I? Where am I on the rank of fandom? Like, can I say I'm part of the? You know, oh yeah, it's my fan. You know, it's my fandom right there. I think I think you still say that's your fandom because if you if there's still aspects of it you enjoy, you still say it's your fandom. You just maybe take a step back and let let other fans take the forefront at this point. Mm, I guess. Right, so Cause I, think- I mean, if I asked you, hey, you want to sit down and watch some of the some of Eccleston's Doctor? Maybe maybe just spend a, a day watching a couple episodes. Yeah, sure. I could, uh, you could probably get behind that. You want to watch all the all the Doctor Who and catch up completely? Maybe not so much. I have no interest. And that's the thing. Like right now, I have no interest in it. Same way, I have no interest in going back and watching what happens after like season five. I quit watching Walking Dead right before uh, Negan shows up. I have no interest to go back and watch that. Right. Like, I might one day. Like, I always keep it like, you know, reserved. Like, oh, yeah, same way like, with comics. It's like, you know, should I keep buying Spider-Man comics? I probably will. Like, even if I quit buying comics, even if I don't read them, I'll probably spend the fucking, you know, the $8 a month or whatever it'll be to get the new Spider-Man. Because, <laughs> like, if I ever get back to it, like, I don't want to give up that collection. I still want to buy Spider-Man comics. Like, I right. still want to go find, like, the first Punisher and, the you know, these keys. There's still books I want to buy. But, like, you know, eh, you know, it's like, do I do comics anyway? Like, that's the, And that's the thing. And that's what I'm, I think that's what I'm grappling with kind of personally. Like, where am I in this fandom? Right. You know, I don't know. But like I said, I think part of it is you you evolve as a person. You you Your interests change as you grow. And sometimes you, 
you go back to older interests. I mean, you were talking about gargoyles. That was a great interest as a kid. What if it had, you know, stuck around for the last 20 years? Would it be the same interest? Maybe, but would it be completely different if it had? Probably. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, when I finish this, we'll see if I want more. I mean, (laughs) supposedly they're making and there's a reboot possibly on the way. So I guess we'll see. Jordan Peele pitched an idea for a reboot apparently back in 18. Yeah, and Jordan Peele is one of the guys I could see doing it too. He's he's got a great range of stuff he can he can act with. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I I do not feel like we got to the bottom of the burnout idea, the concept of it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's something to really. uh, Maybe we'll reestablish. Maybe we'll come back and uh, you know re uh, reevaluate this one in the future. Right. So. That's what I got, man. I think. Well, uh, I think. I think too, because now we've got we've got listeners. Tell us what you used to love that you feel like maybe you got burned out on. Give us give us a sh- quick little. Hey, I used to love this. I got away from it. I started getting into this. Yeah, I think this is the sports center here, man. What do you uh? What do you guys feel bad about abandoning? Like, is right. there any uh, is there any game, universe, series, whatever? You abandon anything? Because I mean, I still uh, I feel bad if I'm gonna abandon comics. I tell you that much. Yeah. Feel like I'm giving up on a local business. Yeah. So there's that. But it, it's it's one of those where sometimes you just have to you have to move you have to move forward and sometimes things have to stay stay back. Maybe, maybe. Well, on that glum fucking note, uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star rating and uh, you know go ahead and hit the fucking subscribe button. You know, you'll get notified every week, uh, roughly Mondays. Roughly Mondays. Uh, Feel free to share us across your social media platforms. Uh, Share us with your friends, your enemies, everybody. We'd love to have everyone come in and, uh, you know, pull up a chair at the comic uh, counter. We recently changed the the intro to this, uh, not the intro to the actual podcast, but what the, uh, when you come to our homepage for Apple iTunes and uh, RSS.com and you're going to see, you know, we want to, we want this to relate to being at a comic store. When you pull up, you know, and you talk to the, you're talking to the clerk, you know, you don't know how, but two hours has passed. And hopefully that's kind of how you feel whenever we're talking and how, uh, you know, whenever we're getting into these discussion topics and we're just like, oh, the news and this casting and this anime. Right. Uh, you know, let us know what you're into. Let us know what you're not into right now. You know, those are the things that are probably going to help us, uh, you know, share us, like us, uh, find us on Facebook at Crowing Commandos, on Twitter at C. Bonikoski. On Instagram at Crowing Commando Rooster. And uh, yeah, man, just, you know, let us know what you guys think. That's the important thing. Interact with us. We're going to have the Bone Book Club coming up soon. Uh, we currently, uh, we have no entries. So I guess we're just going to keep some Bone Books right now. I don't right. know. Maybe we'll make one last desperate plea. Who knows? But uh, we're still going to talk about Bone in February. So just know that, that we will still be talking about Bone in February. Yep. And with that, I think we got a quote. We do. Uh from Pablo Picasso, everything you can imagine is real. Interesting. Very interesting. So if you can think it, it we exists. Can do it. All right, Commandos, this is Rooster. And Squiggles. We're signing out tonight. See ya.